Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all because they got no rhythm, and that's all right. Some people, they drink too much. Some people don't drink enough. Some people are just like me. I hope y'all forgive them. I'm like Scott and Tommy Corbins. I'm like Pete Southtown, Zan Zan. I'm always speaking my mind, but I'm better off by my tongue. I'm a bad show at the wrong time. Still, I'm a legend of my own mind. I'm good for the song, but I'm not for Welcome, and before we get to today's episode, I just wanted to remind everybody how the hockey guys are the best guys. Um, this last Sunday, episode nine, the GOAT, Justin Kelly, big sexy, um, who's had his jersey retired in Beatingheim. He was kind enough to jump on Zoom with uh, Colby's, um, I guess they would have been uh, major novice spring hockey, Um his, uh, his team that's been canceled, he got on there and ran a 30-minute um, practice over Zoom. 7.30 in the morning Vancouver time on a Sunday morning. This guy did this voluntarily for my son and his buddies. Um, so I just want to say thank you. Um, they were working on one-handed stick handling. They had their eyes closed. They were juggling balls. It was awesome. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you so much. Um, and uh, that's why you start a podcast is because uh, you have special friends like this around the world. Um, so, yeah, next one um, this Sunday for the boys is Hendricks Hockey out of the UK. One of my best friends in the world, Trevor Hendricks, is going to run the boys through their paces. Um, so I just, from the bottom of my heart, gentlemen, thank you so much. And uh, I know the boys and their parents really do appreciate it. Welcome to another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today, I am so excited to have on a 37-year-old from Waterloo, Ontario. A third-round draft pick of the New Jersey Devils. His hockey journey took him to Canada, the USA, Switzerland, Germany, and Russia, um, where he played one year for one of the, one of the pod's favorite teams, Vitez Chekhov. <laughs> and um, he became a fan favorite in the Swiss A-League where he played 27 years for ice hockey club Biel Bien. And he was a Spengler Cup winner and all-star. And one season had 41 tours for the Nuremberg <laughs> Ice Tigers. But why he's a household name is he was part of the dynasty that was the kw roller rats welcome to the pod aaron spilo how are you today oh man what an introduction i'm glad we have that on tape that is incredible <laughs> I, I i work on that all day that's that's yeah that's my bread and butter there that's, that's your bread and butter yeah, yeah I, I like i it. like that part of the show impressive um, so, uh, the next part is, uh, how we know each other. And, uh, one of those things is, uh, we played on the KW roller rats together, which, um, why didn't you explain what that was? Where to begin? I don't even, <laughs> you know, I was, I thought that we did too. And when you texted me and confirmed that I was, uh, 
that's it feels like another league another time it's crazy yeah that was uh the year before it's funny how things come full circle but the year before i, I met a, a a guy through a mutual friend and uh, uh he said that he remembered me from roller hockey but the year before the river rats started or the roller rats i guess i ended up playing for the river rats but the roller <laughs> The roller rats started the year before uh, my dad started uh, or coached me in a roller hockey. I don't know, whatever the level was before, like, you know, the, that roller league started, whatever that lower one was, he coached me in it. And uh, we ended up winning whatever that was. And I think that was the first time I ever won something. I don't know how old I was, 12 or whatever it was, 14. I don't know. And, uh, and then I was just, I said, I was begging and I'll start it. It's, it's, you know, remember the mission, mission roller wheel i wanted those things so bad we drove down to atlanta in a van my brother and i uh so that's a i mean i could talk about that for that's uh, crazy to even bring that did, up did uh did you guys not start the franchise like it was a junior yeah. team right and it was yeah all, exactly we so we tried to, yeah we tried to do like an ohl uh roller hockey league pretty much try to make it as professional as possible i mean it the the whole scene about roller hockey was huge at that time i heard people that were I don't know, Venice or we're somewhere in California we're getting paid huge money and there was fans out there. And, and then when we went on, I don't know if you remember what the feeling was when we, we went on sport court for the first time, it was crazy. And yeah. uh, the different wheel setups, like I, I, there's a, there's a rumor that somebody came to a camp with like the actual outdoor, like outdoor setup or like the quads I heard or something, but man, it was uh, like, it was actually became really professional and um I made, made a lot of great contacts with that. And my dad was, uh, I think that was one of his, you know, he, I think he secretly always wanted to be a coach. He was always, you know, giving it to me and my older brother about how to, you know, how to do this and do that. So I think he fulfilled that. And uh, we just, we had a really a lot of fun with it. Yeah, no, it was, I think I played one year and it was like, the games were on weekends in the summer and I was like, I, <laughs> I, I just want to do other stuff at this age, but yeah. um, it was a fun year. So then the other part when we first would have met would have been uh, minor Adam, triple a and Waterloo, right? Yeah. We would have played minor Adam together, triple a. Um, and then I guess that's my next question is at that point, your name was Aaron Niddle. And um, there was a point in your career where you, you switched to Spilo. And was that to get a German passport? Was that not, am I not wrong there? So I guess, um, yeah, you know, as a kid, you don't really know any, any different. You know, I just, uh, even my first name is spelled a little differently. And, uh, you know, that's, I think it kind of just goes with my family. I don't know. My, my mom was super close with her, her family. My dad, uh, you know, he, he had a real big extended family too. And, you know, uh, with kind of the history about how people immigrated to Canada from Europe and all these, uh, these wild stories, or whatever. Um, I guess my mom was kind of putting in her claim for why her two boys should be under her last name and my dad's last name, which is Spilo. Uh, you know, my dad is, uh, he's always compromising, I think, with my mom, you know, so I think he just, uh, he got two boys. Uh, so, you know, he couldn't have been happier and my mom got to, to keep the name. So uh, I, I didn't really know any different, to be honest, uh, until um, I think, yeah, my brother, uh, he had to apply for his, he went over to Europe 
uh, to play hockey first before me. And at that time, he said, hey, listen, uh, you know, the NHL is on strike. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen and end up, I, I, I kind of played through kind of two strikes. So uh, it's funny how that worked out, but um, yeah. He, so when we had to apply, we had to apply with our, our, our birth certificate name, which is Aaron Spilo. And uh, at that time, I remember getting over there and them giving me the, the German passport. And I was like, Oh man, like this is so weird because I played my entire, my entire career under uh, a niddle. And, uh, and then I was like, oh, I don't know if people are going to, you know, what are they going to say or whatever. And people love the name for, you know, I'm not, they, in Europe, they just, I think they love saying it. It sounds so much different over there. And uh, when I heard that, when I heard people like chanting my name or like anything positive, I was always kind of pumped up. And uh, yeah, it just, that's how it happened. Yeah, it's, it's uh, yeah. No, that's, that's an interesting story. I was always curious because like, I always thought of you as Aaron Niddle. And then yeah. like when I'm looking you up today, when my research team's hard at work, um, yeah, that's... like, you know, I, I'm putting in a different name. So it's just yeah. an interesting. You know, it's story. funny. I don't even think about that. It's, it's, it's actually, that's right. When I, uh, when I played, uh, yeah, in, in North America, it was always uh, a different name. Yeah, that's right. And the last thing about how we know each other that one thing was you've actually came to my grandma's farm and uh, gone fishing with me right you remember oh man wow i don't you know what i vaguely remember that i'm gonna say i do but that's incredible i i it's like coming back to me you know it's like yeah yeah that's crazy so anyways i think we went up there and like when we were minor adam or major adam when we played together and would you remember that we fought in junior b you were playing for the Guelph Dominators, and I was an Elmira Sugar King, and we dropped the mitts. And I'm pretty sure I stuck my finger in your nose so hard, like to try and make you bleed. But we just fell down. That was about it. Man, I don't remember that. To be honest with you, you saying that kind of—I'm uh, surprised to even hear that. I remember you being a very first. The first thing I remember you being is you were talented. You had a really nice, like a soft touch. And uh, a playmaker, I remember that. And a strong on your skates. And uh, the other part I do remember, you were kind of, uh, I, I think you, because uh, we were teammates for a long time. Uh, but I do remember you being kind of like chippy and uh, you had an edge to you. I think you grew into your edge. Yeah, it and, got uh, just competitive, yeah. I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, you were always competitive. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, and you, uh, one thing is like when we were younger, you were you know, kind of like a short chubby kid. Yeah. Is that not, that's right. And then there was a time, man, like I hadn't seen you junior B. Then you kind of were like a string bean. When I fought you, you were really tall, but like not thick. Then I saw you at Conestoga college at a skate. You know that where like random people can show up and you scrimmage you were there. And I was there. That was like, I bet you the last time I've seen you, which, it's got to be about 20 something yeah or i was thinking the same thing yeah, yeah but um you were way bigger than i had ever seen like you were way bigger than a per- any person i'd ever seen at that point like you were so much and you used to be a short chubby yeah. kid and then you got tall and then yeah. you filled out eh yeah that's exactly right i was always short my brother was always taller and uh that lasted for a long time and i remember in grade nine i was uh like small really short and then uh you know we are, are, it's actually funny we're going to talk about roller hockey again but 
I broke my ankle really badly in roller hockey. And it was like a few days before the draft. I think it was like a week before the draft, the OHL draft. And I just shattered it. And uh, that was it. I never played roller hockey again. And uh, I, I was in a cast for a long time. They had to do like two surgeries on it and they had to take out the hardware at, at another point. And it, it affected me for a, for a long time. But it, it, when I, I couldn't walk, I was laid up. And I remember I was very, like, I, I was kind of, you know, I was probably five feet, 10, something like that. And when I got out of it, I was like six, two. And I remember I got drafted to Windsor and I went down there and they, they didn't, I think they drafted kind of a smaller diminutive player. And uh, I showed up and I was six, two, I ended up, you know, I'm six, four now, but uh, yeah, I was still growing at that time. And I remember I was always hungry. I was, I worked out a lot when I had my cast on, like, I just did like anything I could. It was, uh, yeah, I just worked out a lot and, um, I, but I think I was, you know, I was still growing. I, I don't think I really reached my peak for a lot longer than that. And, um, I think I just grew too fast and I think that kind of maybe might've played and I injured too, you know, uh, early on. And I think that kind of affected me a little bit. So I, I guess one of the questions I'm wondering is, um, if growing that fast around, I think you were probably about 15, 16 years old. Growing that fast, was there any seasons where you like felt like you weren't as coordinated? Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah. I, my 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 first year, and uh, I had a lot of like uh, back, you know, I, when you had like I had a lot of psoas, which I didn't even understand, and a lot of hip flexor stuff, and I just didn't even understand that. And uh, they they skated me a lot. Like, we had a really old school coach uh, in in Windsor. And uh, I remember, I, I, like, I, I was up, they made me get up super early. They always said I was too fat and, um, you know, which was probably true. Like, I was, you know, I couldn't, I, you know, where I was just eating whatever I could get. I was always starving and, uh, uh, you know, the diet wasn't great. I think I was eating a lot of Subway. I was getting it for free, you know, from a, uh, this friend of mine from school. And, you know, so, yeah, it was, it was tart. And, like, I was just, I was skating a lot, trying to get into shape. And I think my certain muscles hadn't really developed the way they should have. Cause I think I was laid up too much from uh, the uh, broken ankle. Okay. Um, well, anyways, um, usually what I do is uh, go like through your minor hockey to, I guess the OHL, which we've kind of done, but I just had a random memory come back because of you talking about your old man yeah. and how we know each other and how this history is so rich considering we haven't seen each other in so long is that yeah. our old men were they ha went to Quebec together and ate a crepe and they came up with an idea that they were going to bring a crepe restaurant to Waterloo do you remember that this is the uh, the, the flashbacks here I was thinking about your grandmother's farm there. If, if am I, was it, were there supposed to be wolves there? I know by Well, we probably told you that, but um, that was just to scare you. Um, I think your but, dad had like a cricket bat or something with him. Is that the same? Uh, maybe, but I, I totally remember they were going to open a crepery in Waterloo because they went to Quebec for like a guy's, I would have been when we were playing an Adam together, they went to Quebec. That's crazy for yeah. something and then they decided they were open a crepery you know what i'm gonna after this i'm gonna speak to my dad and tell him that i was on i was spoke yeah i actually spoke to my brother earlier and his wife and i said uh, uh telling them all about it so they're they're super excited to to hear the whole story or whatever i think they're gonna listen as soon as possible but when i tell my mom and dad uh they're gonna freak out they're definitely oh. gonna freak out and, and you know what 
it's a great opportunity because my dad has a very good memory. He remembers, oh man. And he, it's like, he, he just, that's his thing is he'll, you'll sit around the table with him now and he'll just try to impress you with his memory. And you're like, what are you, what are you talking? You know, he'll just bring up stuff. So if he remembers uh, that, I, I don't even remember that, but that sounds like my dad. Uh, and I can picture you and my dad, two peas in a pod. You're, your parents are very similar to my parents in the sense that they're, they were, they did everything for their son there for hockey and they drove everywhere. And my parents lived in a van for, uh, you know, I don't know how long just to see my, my brother play and stuff. So two peas in a pod. I could imagine my dad loving crepes. You know, and- <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on is um, actually, you should tell your brother at, at some point here, I'm getting quite the light up of people, but at some point we'll have to have your brother on. Cause I had heard a story of something he did over in Germany. Cause I went to Germany. Right. And yeah. I, ju- I just like to hear it from the horse's mouth. Like what he did, you know, I heard something about punching a ref or something, but who knows, maybe that's, you know, is that his? Yeah. My, my brother's got, you know, so many stories you can imagine. And he was a, his nickname in Europe was wild thing. And I think he like lived up to it, but you know, at the end of the day, my brother is like, the uh, most one of the most loving kind of caring guys he had a blast playing hockey uh he lived it up you know he really did he just couldn't help so that's just the type of personality is that's why he's doing so well today he's the he's the biggest people person you know i i i just see i see him a lot too we work together and uh you know he's just uh, he's just one of those characters and uh he'd love to hear from you again and he freaked out when i told him the whole story he was loving it and i think he he had some story about it too. So uh, like, uh, you know, in some connection, I don't know what it is, but yeah. Oh yeah. No, awesome. I actually remember him like from being on the roller rats and we go out for wings after a game and just, yeah. Like he was so full of life and having so much fun all the time, like after a game, but exactly. Yeah. Moving on. Actually, I almost forgot one of my segments is where are you and what are you doing now? Well, I'm in Waterloo, Ontario. And uh, I'm a real estate broker now, believe it or not. And uh, yeah, kind of came back uh, full circle, really. Grew up in Waterloo, left for a, you know, a while. And uh, always tried to come back. You know, some years were less than others. And, uh, and then my, uh, my dad was a real estate broker when he was uh, growing up. He played football, um, got out of college, got a degree at Wilfrid Laurier. Has a lot of history here. We work actually, even uh, to this day, we, we do a lot of uh, real estate for my dad's uh, business colleagues 40 years ago. Um, and so it's like, uh, it's crazy how things go. So my brother got into it uh, when he was finished, got into real estate. And uh, yeah, when I, I, my dad kind of said, yeah, you got to do this because, uh, you know, that they're making the the, uh, I guess the, the, the process, it's going to be like a four-year curriculum now. And uh, now you can actually do it still, you know, online, online learning, and you don't have to go anywhere. And so he kind of convinced me and, uh, you know, plus there's a kind of bragging rights because there's like, I don't know how many tests you're, you're writing tests all the time. So my, I think, you know, my dad and brother, they were together and, uh, they were trying to one up each other, I guess. And my dad, you know, he's as competitive as it gets. He's, in his seventies and won't stop. So anyway, yeah, I'm, uh, I came back to, to, to Waterloo. I live here, uh, lived in the area very close to where I grew up. And, uh, yeah, I got my uh, broker's license, uh, a couple months ago, actually. And, um, uh, yeah, so yeah, thanks a lot. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I guess because my real question then, so if you are a broker, then that means you are in fact retired because Elite Prospects told me that you played in the fifth division of the German League for um, my notes here, the Kempton. Kempton. Oh, shit. Did you play? Did you? Is that a real thing? Because it didn't say you actually like scored a goal or had an assist. It just was dashes. Did you play over in Germany in 2019-20? Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I, I, um, uh, it's kind of a funny story. I was kind of home chilling and, um, and I'm not on social media or anything, but I got a message. You know, I get periodic messages from different platforms, whatever. And, uh, so I was like, okay, I'll you know mostly just kind of go through them. And this guy writes me and he's like, Hey, uh, we're, uh, I'm, you know, whoever he was, uh, whatever, whatever position you have the team, but he was just telling me about this team and in Germany, he was like, you want to play. And I kind of like, I didn't, I didn't know about the team. I didn't, you know, I've been so far removed at that point. And uh, yeah, anyway, uh, it, it was going back and forth. And uh, uh, I said, you know, I was talking to my family about it and uh, yeah, it was just, they said, yeah, you know, it was in, I think it was in like end of January, early February. And, uh, and the worst part was my birthday is in December. And prior to that, for like the past, I don't know, three years, four years, whatever it's been, I've always tried to like get, keep into shape. And I like was running a lot. I was doing like a ton of like the workouts, nothing like weights really, but just like a lot of cardio and I was skating and running and I was doing a lot of like uh, Pilates stuff, my back. And I was probably at like 36, 35, 36. I was probably like, pretty like I, I would, I was in pretty good shape. I, I have to say like I was running 10 kilometers pretty quickly regularly in the morning so you and, decided uh, to show everybody in the fifth league in germany what's up or what no no that's what i'm saying so then december comes around that year and i'm like oh it's my birthday then it's christmas and i had a lot of stuff going on and it was just like yeah you know, a lot of stuff going on and i, I just kind of like to it was a great summer but i just wanted to let go and kind of the in the winter time so my birth like leading up to my birthday i was eating ton dinners doing everything drinking started I, I don't I, I usually try not to drink and I uh, didn't for that period of time and then I for my birthday was drinking that was December we had so many dinners January rolls around New Year's parties you know I was just a mess I put on a lot of weight I think we, I think I did a lot of yeah whatever and uh yeah and then sure enough in January when I'm just just really out of it these guys reach out and they're like yeah you want to play again and uh, yeah so anyway long story short they were like yeah it's it's this uh you know, we're kind of like, uh, yeah, whatever league, fifth league. And uh, I said, uh, yeah, all right, well, let's see. And yeah, man, it was tough. It was like, it was like, it, honestly, when I was there, I was like, these guys were like, they had guys from like different uh, countries. It was like imports. And then there was, you know, I didn't, I mean, I, I couldn't have cared less, but there was, uh, there was like articles about how like this team was like trying to like stack the team and they had, in, you, know, spur, you know, ideas of moving up and all this other stuff. I was just like thinking this is like kind of, uh, you know, I'm going to go there. It's going to be like a kind of all inclusive paid thing. And uh, yeah, so I went there and I played, I ended up, I think playing four games. I had four goals or five goals in, in four games. And uh, the last game was like a guy got hit in the teeth on my team, lost his teeth and everything. And uh, I was like, you know, maybe this isn't, you know, really kind of what I'm really wanting to do. And I, I kind of miss being back home anyway. And this is, you know, and then the, the pandemic happened and then they kind of shut down the whole league and everything. So I was like, uh, uh, I had to get out of there anyway. And uh, that was it. So I, I was there for probably about a month. 
Okay. No, I yeah. was I was just curious because it. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I saw the Oberliga, which was the third league, but I never yeah. got down to the fifth league. I was just curious what you're up to. You know, people get curious. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. So now we've kind of covered a lot of it, but uh, give me the quick rundown of your minor hockey to the Windsor Spitfires. Uh, minor hockey was kind of uh, yeah, it was all right. I ended up going to Streetsville Derbies. Played there after I played in Waterloo. I, I don't remember the names of like the, the peewees and stuff, but I think I was 14 or 15, uh, something around there. I played for Streetsville, and then I went from Streetsville the next year to to Guelph Junior B, and then I got drafted uh, uh, to Windsor. And then I broke, yeah, I broke my ankle in roller hockey, and I missed kind of the beginning of the season, but I, I had to get another surgery on my ankle, and then I kind of had to, yeah, get back into shape and uh, kind of confirm my position there. It was a tough uh, season there. It was my first kind of year away from my family full time. And the coach really had it, uh, had it like he really wanted to um, uh, kind of push me, I guess, or whatever. But it was tough. Like it was a, it was a hard first season. That's it. That's a really tough age to break your ankle. eh? Oh, man. Yeah, it was tough. And then uh, I didn't realize till later on, but I had like really bad asthma and I really needed an inhaler and I couldn't. I, it was like, I was always struggling for my breath and uh, I was just overweight at the time and trying to get into shape and they were doing a lot of running. They wanted me to run a lot and skate a lot. My hip flexors were killing me, but it was tough. It was, a, it was a tough first year, but I think everybody has to go through it. Okay. So now you're in Windsor. Um, you do get drafted third round. So I'm assuming you're tall at this point. Um, yeah. Cause that's back in the day where tall guys were succeeding in hockey, right? Realistically yeah, yeah. at our age group, tall yeah. guys were succeeding, but you go third round. What year is that? And what kind of season did you have? Uh, I believe that was 2002. It was in Toronto. And I uh, remember that. And then, uh, yeah, they, they called my name and I went down and kind of met the table. I had to do the combine for it. I was really nervous about that. I had a really good combine, but, uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I met the kind of the guys there, and I remember the the interview. I thought New Jersey might be interested in me just because I, I had a lot of interviews with them, and they seemed positive. And then, um, yeah, I guess uh, ended up going back to the OHL, and I, I uh, finished in uh, Oshawa, which was great. That was like the most fun I had in the OHL was in Oshawa. I, my one of my close friends at the time, he got drafted to uh, to Windsor, then he got traded to Oshawa the year before. And he's from Oshawa Whitby. And uh, who's that? And Osh- What's that? Who's that? Matt Macaron. Okay. Um, yeah. I heard he's uh, the Nike. He's affiliated with Nike now. I think he's like, uh, uh, does all the, like the promotional stuff. So if they ever sponsor a guy or something, he's, he's the guy that goes there and well, you, you, you tell him to reach out. The pod still doesn't have a sponsor. So if he wants yeah. to reach out, you know, I'm right here, guys, right here, yeah, Nike. I- yeah, well, anyway, him and I were, were pretty close there, and uh, George Burnett was the coach, and he loved me, and I fit right in, and uh, the, we had kind of had like a melange of different characters on the team, and um, I think that's kind of why I fed in, and everybody was kind of out there or whatever, I don't know, and uh, we were kind of like a cocky club, too, and our, our playoff slogan that year, year was, who's next, and we're like, <laughs> you know, that just kind of gave you an idea, and uh, we had some really good players on the team. We had a kind of a, yeah, we had a, we had a, we had a pretty good team and, uh, we beat, uh, Peterborough at the time. There was some, Eric Stahl was on Peterborough. And, um, 
yeah, I remember we, we beat them in game seven overtime. And that was, that was a highlight too. And then we lost the 67s and that was it. Yeah, that was the end of my career in OHL. And then I. You signed, signed with New Jersey, right? New Jersey. Yeah. So then you play um, three, a three year entry level deal. Um, what's like, what's your rookie year like? And also my next question is like, do you ever feel like, like, like you should have been called up and like, like you thought you were going to be? Um, uh, three years. Yeah. So I went from uh, Oshawa where I had you know the time of my life really. And um, yeah. And then I, when I signed, they were, I think New Jersey had just, they won the cup that year. They actually uh, flew me down after I signed and I uh, got the, I was there for, I don't know if it was game seven or not, but it was against Anaheim and uh, I was there and uh, yeah, that was really cool to see that. It was kind of, you know, like these guys just won the cup. It was crazy. And everybody was so proud. And uh, it was kind of, yeah, the players were jacked. You know, I remember being in like the, yeah, just kind of the area there. And uh, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. And then um, you got yeah, flown then, down there when they won the cup. I got flown down there. And, the, and the, I remember it was funny because I got a limo from the, I don't know if it was from the airport or the hotel, but uh, I remember going to Continental Airlines and I was in the back of a limo, a blacked out limo. And the guy told the security, and this is a Stanley Cup. It's like the whole thing is sectioned off. And this limo driver drives up and there's a cop there. He's got like a like kind of like a New York accent or whatever. I just remember that. And, and he's like, man, you can't, you know, you can't come in here or whatever. And the guy's like, I got a player in the back. And the guy was like, oh my God, this guy's playing. And the game was about to start in like, I don't know, probably, you know, 45 minutes or whatever. And uh, yeah, anyway, they just drove in and, um uh, yeah just there's kind of like a yeah just an entrance there walked in like kind of the new jersey entrance and then i went all the way upstairs took an elevator like watched the game in the rafters and there was a few other guys from anaheim that were up there like draft picks side draft picks and uh yeah i was there for i think the next day and uh yeah then flew back yeah that was the uh, closest i ever got to the stanley cup wow well, no that's uh yeah no i closest i've got is uh Mark Hardigan said he'd come on the podcast and I played with him and he won it. The year I played with him, he won wow. it. Wow. Incredible. Yeah, that's as close as I got was it my teammate won it the same Amazing. Year, the same year I played with him. He got he got traded from Syracuse to the Anaheim Syracuse. organization and like well Columbus Syracuse. He got traded yeah. to um Yeah, yeah to Anaheim, whoever, and Portland, I think, and won the Stanley Cup, and he actually played in the finals. So, yeah, so that's a big deal. Wow, um, incredible. Yep. Yeah, so, um, okay. So, did you fe- you didn't feel like you were close to a call-up in those three years, though? Uh, you know, I had a uh, really good first camp, and uh, I thought, honestly, I mean, I think a lot of people say that, but, um, yeah, I felt really good first camp. I was jacked up and uh, felt awesome. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 uh, you know, so long ago. Oh yeah. I got, they, I got, uh, yeah, I got sent down. Like, I think I had one exhibition game and I didn't, I didn't do very well. And, um, I think they sent me down right away. And then I remember going from like this plush hotel in West orange to like, uh, this, you know, kind of, I don't know, best Western or whatever it was. And it was just like living in dorms and then, getting a taste of the American league and like you're low, man, at that time, like, I, I think I was you know pretty low on the totem pole. I remember the, the guys were like, not the guys, but 
coaches were hounding me and I remember there was like they were like fucking I had, went from like this one guy in the OHL that was really hard on me then I went to another guy that loved me was easier on me and I just played so much better and then I went then right away back into the the fire with these these like three bloodhounds they were like I bag skated and fucked the one guy I think he wanted to I don't know. It was crazy. And, uh, I just, it was a nightmare. And there, there were a lot of college guys there. I think I was the only guy from the O. Um, I would and, say though, back in our day, coaches, like they were meaner. Like I, oh. I'm obvious. We're not around the hockey game really anymore, but like, no. but like coaches were mean back then. Like they weren't nice to you. Right. Oh man. I, I the story, like my, I don't want to get into like some of the, 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 the shit part of it, but yeah, like it, I, they were they were nasty. They did like it was crazy back then. When I hear stories now about what they're not allowed, I mean, I it, you know what? It was just kind of the. I think it was just accepted. Everything was that way, and I'm not even critical about it. Like I, that's why I don't want to talk. It was just there. I they were hard on me. They were out for blood, and uh, you know, I, I think I would have been better with like a different style. And I'm not I'm not questioning their style or or, or anything like that. I think that was like that's maybe how they learned it and they, 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 and maybe it did well for certain players. And, but I wasn't kind of one of them. I just, it just wasn't a fit. That was a problem with it, but definitely the coaching style. And when you, you kind of hear, you know, through the grapevine, you know, what, what coaches are getting caught out for now and what's acceptable and what isn't, and, you know, just kind of, you know, I guess that's just the times now when we, we kind of grew up in a probably a more uh, yeah. And again, like I said, I had, I had George Burnett in Oshawa, and he was awesome. The assistant coaches there, uh, I think it was, uh, um, I forget the one guy's name. He was a D man. And, um, and then, uh, Brian or the, uh, the, uh, whoever the commissioner was, his son branch, his son was the, uh, the other assistant coach, man. And they, I, I remember I came back late from curfew and <laughs> they didn't, you know I mean? They didn't care and whatever. And I think there was kind of like, you know, if you did well, you could kind of push the envelope a little bit and it's kind of like carrot and stick kind of thing. And uh, you just can't get the stick all the time. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. And, and I think that's kind of what I ran into with a lot of it, with yeah. a lot of the coaches. Yeah. And uh, like, I also could see, I'm just guessing I could be wrong, but like when you're as big as you were at that point, and the AHL would would have been the way it was. Would you have been getting asked to fight a lot then? Because you're not. I wouldn't consider you a fighter. You're a goal scorer. Yeah, exactly. I, I agree. My my brother was a, a really good fighter, and uh, he kind of made a name for himself. Because I beat uh, I beat you up in junior B. I don't know if you remember, but I I did. Yeah, well, right. I, I made your I, I made your nose I bleed. No, I made your nose I, bleed. I remember it. I, I have no shame in, in that whatsoever. I know, uh, I know how you grew up. You weren't, you were a tough kid. Like you were a farm boy. I know that from Elmira and you Elmira guys. I mean, the sugar Kings are no joke. You guys were, were tough. You know, yeah. there was a lot of, there was a lot of, uh, um, tough farm kids there. Oh yeah. And, the uh, Weidman boys, the Clemmer boys. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I, uh, I have no doubt, but I, I, I was, uh, you know, like I always worked out. I always try to stay in shape and you know, I, I, uh, I took some, you know, I, I took a lot of like, not a lot, but yeah, I was involved with like judo and kickboxing and, um, but I wasn't, I didn't play hockey to go fight or to like, I, I like playing hockey. I like, you know, and I was big, so I, I did play physical and you know, I did fight maybe, you know, a little bit here and there, but that's not what I was my, my thing. You know what I mean? I always kind of stood up for teammates when I could and stood up for myself for sure. 
um, I didn't get asked to fight a lot. And I actually was told that I, I should fight. And I remember there was a lot of times that I, I would have fought because I was kind of co not confident that I would win, but I, I'm, I felt comfortable enough that I could fight and, you know, probably protect myself or do okay. And, uh, and it was something that I wanted to kind of get gradually better at. And a lot of times I'm, I'm glad that I didn't get into a lot of those fights because I probably would have got, you know, beat up or whatever, but um yeah i was never i never yeah that wasn't really my thing i think you know today they would be more acceptable you could have a big guy that that can skate and play and before it wasn't uh, it really it wasn't. wasn't it yeah, wasn't acceptable it wasn't if you're oh. that big you have to be like probert you have to be yeah. like like you have to do it all like it was the hl yeah. back then was a bloodbath oh yeah uh, yeah i remember that and i i can't believe that uh I got out of it uh, three years in the AHL. I can't believe I got out of it um, kind of un relatively unscathed, just considering that it was a tough league. The The second year I played was the lockout year and there was, everybody wanted to make an impression and, you know, um, yeah, it was a tough league and there was some, you know, again, I'm a pretty decent sized guy and there was a lot of big guys. You know, I remember like it wasn't, wasn't uncommon for D man to be, you know, I, I don't know what, I can't remember the teams, but, Bufflin was there and like uh these guys were all like six five six six two like it, it, you go down the sheet before the game and you're like you fit in with the rest like I was I think six three or six four and probably 240 pounds 250 pounds I 50 I was 50 probably my last year was a little bit heavy but usually I played around 240 and like it was guys saw that and they were like all right well this guy he's either gonna fight or something and so it was it was a tough league there were a lot of tough guys in the league yeah, no, but uh, like I, I know how skilled you were from back when you were the short, fat kid in yeah, Adam, yeah. right? Like in Adam, <laughs> you were the skilled guy, and then all of a sudden, I see. Uh, I guess it was like whatever, ten years later at the Conestoga College drop-in skate, and all of a sudden you're an absolute monster. That's six, four, or whatever. And I, I never grew. I was still the short fat kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's actually interesting. Yeah, that's right. That's funny how that works. Shoot how that didn't uh, work out for me. But uh, yeah. what are you going to do? I guess, uh, well, I don't know, though, because it's not like your old man is like, like jacked up but like my old man, he, my body, my physique, I guess we just were the it. We, we really hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I think, are we done with the devils? Cause my curious question then is you, you meant you explained kind of how you came about having the new name, but how yeah. do you go about making the decision to head to Europe? And is that when that happens? Is that when the passport happens? Uh, yeah, exactly. So my, my brother was there, uh, before me and I actually went down, uh, he was playing in Germany and I, I flew down uh, with him because he had to go there early. And, uh, I, so I was there and skating. And I think that kind of caused a little bit of, uh, uh, end up causing an issue. And it was with the uh, devils because I was, I was going back there uh, for the next year, my third year. And I think they were kind of, uh, put off by that. And, um that I was already kind of going to Europe or whatever and skating and but I was just there just because it was uh you know an opportunity to kind of skate with Adam and uh with the kind of pro guys and it was tough for me to get 
you know, ice here a little bit with some of the guys, I guess. And my, you know, wanted to support my brother, but yeah. Um, then I put in my, my mom's German. So, uh, you know, I just had to fill out an application and got it. And then, yeah, when at the end of the, the season with, uh, with New Jersey there, Albany, I had a lot of offers for Europe, you know, just kind of coming to me and just because of how things ended and it wasn't like a real highlight of my life, you know, living there and, uh, and, um, you know, that the, just, it wasn't working with the organization and I just wanted a kind of, um, a fresh start. And, and then when I went over to, yeah, I went over to Europe. Well, and, uh, like there's always those, those things, right. Where like, you never know, because every hockey player had different forks in the road and nobody right. ever knows what may or may not have happened. However, right. playing in the AHL compared to some of the cities you got to play in is not even comparable in the slightest. Like you were in Davos, Beale, you're in Switzerland, you're in all these beautiful places. The AHL, I was there for a very brief moment. I did not muster up a point, but I did get a fight. Um, mm -hmm. But like those towns and the lifestyle and driving around on those buses, that is yeah, not, that's tough, not yeah. fun, right? Yeah, it was tough. And, and at that time, I'm, you know, kind of in my 20s, you know, young, I was 21, 22, 23 kind of thing. And, uh, and then there was like a high expectation for me to come over to Europe. And, you know, my, my, there was just a kind of, uh, yeah, it just, it felt good to go there and my parents were kind of supporting it. And, um, yeah. And at this point, like it was, it was like three hard years for me. It was, it was very difficult living in a city that I really hated. And, um, um, it just, yeah, it was the, 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 the yeah, it was just, yeah. For me, it was, uh, I needed a fresh start. I really did. Cause I was kind of losing my enthusiasm for it. And which was a problem because, uh, you got to be full, fully committed, uh, to go anywhere in, in any walk of life. And, um, at that point I was, I, I just decided that, you know, as much as I wanted to have a big career and have a big contract with in the NHL, it was, I just, at that point I said, well, it's, it's so far away. And if it was really, gonna happen and maybe it still can but i just i need to get a new a new kind of uh, enthusiasm for for hockey again i totally understand because i had lost my enthusiasm especially with, with the way my pro career started and then i like instead of signing like an east coast ahl deal again it was like well i'd like europe and it, like once you get over there what okay now it's time we're going there yeah so like where do you go first? Because I did see the first year you're a bit of a suitcase. You had three Swiss A teams and a German team all of the first year, right? Yeah, it's so I think maybe on paper it looks kind of uh, weird or uh, yeah, because, you know, you go from North America, you're not bouncing around that much. You know, that's really yeah, you're right. That's a that's a suitcase. Exactly. Um, so uh, the first team I go to is Davos. And the only reason I got this, the, the, I mean, at this point I was getting a lot of offers from a lot of teams, obviously Germany, because I have a passport there, but Switzerland, it's, it's, I'm not a, I'm an import. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, like a, a, a national player in Germany. I wouldn't be an import in Germany. You could have, uh, I think you could have probably 10, 10 imports, something like that. And in Switzerland, you can only have four and it's such an amazing, you know, it's such a nice place to live and, you know, there's a lot of benefit to playing in Switzerland. I think it's like in high demand for a lot of players. 
So it's, it's you got to you got to be kind of the best player going because there's just the, the guys that are available to play there are, are high. You can see that, you know, I think over the years, Switzerland's become, you know, just a little bit more exposure. But anyway, anyway, Davos was uh, like kind of like a Swiss. It's like kind of the the, the Yankees of. Uh, of no, Switzerland. I and like I know that. And my yeah. question is, is so the German passport is not the reason you're getting that strictly because of your ahl season basically like you're getting that as an import yeah i listen it's switzerland is the hardest uh yeah. league in my opinion to get into and i've always been an import there you only have four imports and the only only country that i could play that i wouldn't be an import was germany which is also a very great league but it's it's not the 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 kind of the premier league to play in switzerland is is the goal and um so yeah as you know it's it's uh, there's there's so many talented hockey players out there and from all different countries and they would all be imports that you can only be you're not import if you're if you're swiss and to get your swiss license is like you got to be there for like 13 years you have to pass the language test um there's you know you're you're not getting it pretty much and um and then but, but there were some canadian players that were that had a swiss license because of uh of, of uh, either their parents were like, you know, their dad played in the league and they married a Swiss girl and they had this, you know, the, the, the child. And then he grew up to play there. So there was a, there was a few guys there that had a Swiss license that they were Canadian really, but they were like me with Germany. They were, they were the same with Switzerland. So anyway, what happens is this, uh, yeah, I can't remember. Some agent called me or whatever. And uh, I was getting different ones. Like, you know, the, you know, everyone was saying one thing or another one league, this league and, so this, uh, yeah. So this guy uh, puts me in touch, or he says, "Yeah, Davos wants you," you know, and it kind of gives me the how much I would make there. So Davos kind of, comes out of nowhere. Is this like from the agent you had, or like how do you get the con? Like how did that guy come about? Like that you're that Davos is reaching out to you because Davos can basically get he, like anybody. yeah, exactly, yeah, right, exactly, yeah, and uh, and but to me, you know, I'm not. I'm looking at you know, I'm looking at Europe. Uh, like I just played three years in the American league, you know, the, the, the one year was the lockout year and I play. And then in, 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 uh, and, uh, in, um, training camp, I felt like I could have made the team. Like I, there was no reason in my opinion why I couldn't make it. I think it was more about other influences or other factors, but I felt like I was talented enough and had the ability to play. Um, and then, so when I looked at, when somebody said, oh yeah, like Europe is like, oh yeah, this team is like a really high end team. I was like, well, I'm going to go there and I'm going to try to be the best player on that team anyway. So when they said, oh, Davos was interested in you, I, I was like, well, I felt confident that I could go there and do very well. Um, like I kind of had that chip on my shoulder that I was going to go there and I, like, they're not going to be stronger than me. I was like Jack, that was 250 pounds at the time. And uh, I was like 24 or 23, whatever it was, I was ready to go. And so there, so then the coach, this, the, the, he's a really well-known coach in Europe. His name's uh, Arno Del Curto. He's very famous there. And uh, he's like a wild guy too. He, he you know, comes to the games in jeans and uh, old loafers. And, and uh, so I, and so I was on the phone with him a bunch of times. I was like, I was, and I was just like brazen with him too. I was like, Arno, like, you're not going to sign me. I'm going to come there. And I, I pretty much told him the same thing I, I said now. I was like, I'm going to go over there. I'm going to, I'm going to be a physical player. That's going to score pretty much. And, uh, so what happens is he, he, he knows, uh, Thornton and cause Thornton was over there 
uh, yep, Joe, Joe Thornton. Yeah. And yeah. Rick Nash were over there before the year before it was the lockout year. So he, he had a relationship with him. So I guess what had happened was what he had told me is that he heard, he had got feedback from Broder that, Oh, this kid can play. And that I don't know why he didn't uh, make it. That's the guy that got me this, this Davos contract. Martin Broder did. Martin Broder. That's what I heard right from Del Corto. And, and I from remember the guy that in the jeans and the loafers. That's what I heard from him. Yeah. That's what I heard from him. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. And you know what, when I think about it, like you at six, four and jacked and you say you're six, four and two fifty. that just at that point, I was thinking, Jesus, and you're 24, I, at 24, I was like five, eight and like 200 and it wasn't a healthy 200, but anyways, you were a jacked six, four, yeah. 250 but that's fine you know people grow at different paces you know maybe i'm just hit my stride now right but um that when the, the comparison of joe thornton actually is when i saw the short fat kid in minor adam that was really talented and then you grew into this massive individual is you always were a really big guy that could make plays kind of like big joe yeah yeah, I, I guess like at that time, you know, power forward was kind of that's kind of the mold that it kind of be, you know, I tried to to put myself in. You had to play physical, which I, I like, you know, I like playing physical. I had a big body and I could skate and I had a good shot. Um, and I, oh, you know, the I, shot was the real deal. Yeah, like, the shot, I, the shot would hurt people at the Conestoga College <laughs> drop in games. Like, I don't think you were actually allowed to shoot in those games because you would actually hurt people because your snapshot is yeah. way harder than my slap shot. And that is me putting the full barrel into it. I, I got, yeah, I, I always tried to work on my shot. I smashed out my parents, uh, my parents' uh, garage door um, growing up. And then I remember the turning point with me. And I think a lot of kids oh, uh, that have to get this drilled home all the time. I, my brother said to me how, you know, I remember being on the ice with him and him, him like trying to drill home, like how your shot has to be, you know, your bread and butter, so to speak. You're going to, that, that's really important. And uh, I just worked on it. I ended up getting a good technique with my shot. And uh, I still got, I, I got, fuck, I don't know how many sticks I have here, but I kind of always kind of tweaked my curve a little bit. The technique, and, uh, technique is what really stands out to me when we're talking is just because yeah. later in my, I, and now it's just making my brain yeah. go is like at the end of my career, there was this Thomas Spelling in Denmark. This kid was 20 years old and he could just flex the stick and it would just zoom off the stick. And now it's making me remember you shoot that puck at that poor individual at the Conestoga college and you took a couple wristers and I was like, he might kill him if he actually hits him with one of those. But you, you were doing like the new technology with a stick before anybody else was like, you figured out how to do it before these kids are doing it now. Right. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, maybe. I mean, as far as like technology is concerned, like with like the, I think getting your curve and kind of like, you know, like, your it's shot just, was years ahead of the rest of the people. I saw you take a few snapshots, like, and I heard about it in Germany when I was toiling in the second league. Like, I would hear of this guy in the DEL that, like, could just shoot the puck from center and beat a goalie <laughs> with a snapshot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I did score some goals, yeah, uh, 
shooting it. And uh, I always tried to work on it. I always was tweaking with my sticks. And uh, yeah, when they came out with one piece sticks, I was just, I was hoping to get like my own curve in a one piece. And uh, yeah, I was, yeah, I, I mean, definitely my, my shot was um, something that, uh, you know, kind of came in handy, I guess. Yeah. I, I I don't know what else to say with it. Yeah, I got okay. had to end up getting All right, shot. we better move on then because everybody now knows you can really wrist her. Okay. Yeah. Now, um, so you went to Davos, you got that contract, but then you did play on three different teams that year. We got really sidetracked, man. Dude, yeah. we're still all in your that, first year in Europe. Like, come on, yeah, man. I'll, I'll explain this one yeah, quickly. Um, so, you know, like I mentioned, you know, Amer North America, it's not like that. You can't kind of loan out players. And that's what happened. Like, um, it wasn't going well for me my 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 first the year there in Switzerland, and the coach that like I said before you have to you like even the there's four imports the top two are relatively safe, the bottom two they're they're trying to get you get rid of you right away and there there's just so many guys, so I went uh, like I went pointless or goalless for I don't know how many games with Davos and that's unacceptable the, over there. You no, know, it was not only that but it became the coach didn't want to get rid of me. He, but he had so like the players were kind of like turning against me. Dag Alexander Dag was there and he was the leading scorer of the, of the league. And so he was the other import. And then we had two D men. And so Dag was like ripping it up. And then he had like, you know, I don't, I don't know. He was, and, he was and I just find you two probably weren't going to mesh because he's all speed and you're like, cool calm collected and yeah like, and we were oh we're totally different players but uh then that, like, that's he, not gonna mesh we didn't, didn't even end up playing together and and uh for for that long and um um so like and then it's not like i'm game three i'm in like like probably by game three you're i was getting like five minutes a game you're i'm not the guy that they were setting up and then the swiss guys they were like get this guy out of here you know he's got zero points and they were trying to win a championship there right away. And, and you, you can't have an import that's not, that's not like dominating in Davos because they just went from Joe Thornton and Rick Nash. And then they got Dag. And then they got me, this they, you know, who's this kid? And then why did they even, uh, so then they're like, you know, Martin then, Brodeur. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't go anywhere then. That didn't, that didn't, <laughs> that didn't pay the bills. You know, that got me the, that got me the tryout kind of thing. And, uh, so well, thank you, Martin. Yeah. So this is when I kind of, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I don't think he needs me to, but yeah. Um, that'd be funny if, if he, yeah. But anyway, uh, so I, I got a kind of got a reality check. So I go, I go into the room and uh, you, I mean, at this point I'm like 20 games in or 15 games in, whatever. It felt like an eternity. And I just went, through, I was there in the summertime and they were like, Oh man, the train, like it was totally different hockey. And I, man, I was, I was in over my head. I, you know, I was walking into like a, yeah, I was, it was, it was way over. Yeah. I guess I can't say no. Like, so that. I would say for me, like, I know, like I play, I did play a game against a Swiss a team. And like, if you were coming from the AHL and you're this, thinking you're going to run the show there, um, like you're yeah. confident and you're feeling the flow yeah. and you're big and strong. Like you get yeah. over there and you realize actually how good people are in Switzerland. Yeah. You actually don't realize how awesome they are at hockey. Yeah. Oh, I, I remember uh, this guy ends up becoming my general manager on another team, but he was the captain of Bern and he was a D man. And um, I didn't know who these guys were. I didn't whatever. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to play Bern. This is like, a, this is going to be a crazy game. 
oh, it's going to be sold out. And I'm just, I was like, I, I was pumped for this game for sure. And uh, I mean, there was nobody that you're really intimidating. You know, like I, I tried to impose myself on this guy. And I remember the captain there, he was like, I think, he, I think we end up fighting or something. And uh, they were like, they were dirty too. I mean, if you were, if you were cheap in the American League, you were going to get it. You know, I, I, that, that's kind of, you know, you couldn't get away with that. There was like, a, I liked the American League for that. Like there was good policing on that. And then in Europe, it was like, I got speared right away. I got like uh, cross-checked hard in my back, you know, a lot of that. And then if you actually fought, if you actually went and fought that guy, yeah, they were you per- would get in so much trouble because you're yeah. an import. You are not allowed to fight. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, and the refs, they weren't loving the fact that an import is going to play tough against Swiss guys. And um, then, you know, like, uh, yeah, it was just, man, I was, it was a wake-up call. It was, there was a lot of stuff that just happened there that, like I, and it was, you're, you know, a long way away from home and you got nobody to turn to really. It's just you. And I think that kind of, that kind of really shaped me a lot. Like I, I got like a, like at the end of the day, we're, we're kind of, when I, when I think about myself now, it's, I've, I've always, this is the moment that, that like kind of shaped my mindset. Now it's um, it, it's results-based. That's, that's all it is. It's purely results-based. You got, you could have the biggest story, you could have whatever it is, but at the end of the day, it's results-based. So all these, anybody who's a great guy or whatever it is, it's, it's results-based. That's all it is. Because um, if I would have scored 10 goals, you know, in 10 games there or whatever like that, then you'd be around, but you go zero goals, 10 games, you're, you're out. That's, it, that's kind of the way it, it works. It's the same as uh, like I said, to Stan Butler in the one episode is, there's winning and there's losing. Like yeah. you're either doing it or you're not. It's the same yeah. in your business world. Now it's the same as a realtor. You're either buying or you're selling, but you got to be doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, that was kind of like the, the wake up call. Like, uh, so uh, then I, then I realized that, uh, okay. So then just going to the story. So then they were like, you're not, uh, yeah, it's not working out here. Uh, we're going to loan you to this team. They need a player because their imports hurt. In the same not... league. In, in the, the same, same league. league, yeah. Like yeah. you're playing it's, against the team that's like paying you, right? You know, the team's still, yeah. So the team that gets you, uh, they'll pay for that game, whatever that works out to be, whatever they want to, whatever they charge that team for you to play. Or I don't even know if that was the case with me. I mean, the, the coach and the kind of the, he was kind of running the show. Like he's the only guy that kind of had my back. So I'm sure he wanted me to play rather than sit out. Like you can't be 24 trying to make it back to North America. You're the import and then you're sitting out for, you know, all these games. And so I, I'm sure he tried to, he was trying to do me a favor by, by getting other teams to see me play. So I went to, uh, I went to one game and, uh, played really well and then they're like oh man you're awesome and then the next game I, I didn't play well or I didn't score whatever it was and they lost and they're like yeah no it's not working out and then so then I go back then then I went back to DeVos and then and then I went to another team and they're like uh, I don't I don't remember but I remember that was one story and I went to another team and uh, clearly it it, it uh, oh yeah I think that that's right yeah so they were like yeah we, we would I think it was Rappersville or some other team I can't remember but um yeah, they were interested in like uh, signing uh, for me possibly to play there, and then this uh, this team in Germany then calls Hamburg. my agent, yeah, Hamburg. Yeah, they called my agent and they're like, "Yeah, we want him because he's a non-import." So Germany was lighting up 
uh, this agent and and the team to uh, to trade me to Germany. And I said, I don't want to go to Germany. I right. can go there. I can go there anytime. I'm an import. I'm not an import there. And I'm not done with this league because I know I can play here still. Like I just I'm I'm trying to figure it out. Like it was tough. Like again, it was a short leash. I played one or two games and then that was it. You were getting like two minutes a game. You weren't playing and they were trying to get rid of you right away and figure out who's going to take you. And none of the other imports were bad at that time or they weren't hurt or whatever it was. So it was, it was nuts. And then I was like, I'm not leaving. I'm not, I'm not going to Germany on, on like uh, on this, this you're kind not of even here. an import. Yeah. 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 And then I, you're going playing in a league. That's just not plus, that good. I didn't understand that the contract was going to get canceled. You know what I mean? I just gave up my chance in the NHL that year because they threw uh, a, a nice contract my way and then 10 games in which i don't even think that i got a fair chance at it uh they're they're gonna cancel it and then like i'm now now where am i gonna go now like i have no so they, they were just gonna cancel it like you're just yeah they were gonna they, they so i remember talking to this so this you agent. get bought out i go to the, this agent comes down yeah exactly so this this agent comes down i meet him in in this kind of chalet restaurant and he's just big wheeling me and he's like, I don't know. I, 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 yeah. Anyway, he's, he's like, yeah, listen, you know, like telling me this. And I was just, you know, in, in my head, you know, when you kind of think of what you've gone through in life, you know, I think that's where we get our kind of personality, our confidence from. And I just, I know how hard I've worked through hockey and how much like dues kind of, I've like, I've been, you know, on the wrong end of it. I've been on the good end of it. And then I go through all this AHL stuff, the OHL stuff. That was like a kind of like, a, I've been, paying kind of a lot of dues and then for this guy to this agent come in like try to like tell me that he's going to be in charge of my career you know i was like uh i just it didn't it, and like they said it they didn't were gonna, sit right no it didn't sit right you know and uh so i was pretty pretty upset about it but you know i had no other choice really so i went to so this agent let's okay can i can i just close yeah. notes this so i understand is this agent is telling you your contract's going to get is going to be basically done with Davos. Yeah. Um, they're ba- or, or they give you a settlement to get out of it. Um, or you go to Germany and you make all the money. Uh, yeah, pretty much. He was saying that, you know, the team is, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to fire you. They're going to fire you. And then you're going to have that. And then, you know, I'm, and he said to me that they can do that here. You know, I just, I'd never heard of that before. How could we have a contract? And then all of a sudden they're going to fire me. You know, that's the whole point. That's why I left is because, you know, this is the contract, you know, I, I don't know either if I'm going to have a great season, but that's kind of what I, I was kind of, yeah, taken back by it. And then what was my alternative, you know, and then this team, <clears throat> this team in Hamburg, they flew me out there. I met with everybody. And then they, I flew back to Davos. Like I just flew there for like two days. They like showed me around and gave me like kind of like a, you know, good hospitality, introduced me to the ownership kind of thing. And they're like, come I- here. We're, I've been to Hamburg at least three times. Um, great city. Great yeah, city. it is a great city. Awesome been, city. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. yeah so fast forward to that. I, I I fly back, meet with the team, meet with the agent. I said, yeah, I'll do it. Oh, I'm I'm out of here. So then I, I fly to Hamburg and um, yeah, and then I, and I I played my rest of my season there. Okay, so then that season ends. Okay, it's yeah. That season ends, and now it makes yeah. sense why you played on the other teams. Um, is that loaning thing? I had heard about it. Um, yeah, but, that's all it was. 
Well, I played with guys in like the second league in Germany and they were telling me like when they're in the Swiss B league, like the second league, they would get loaned to teams in the Swiss A league and like for yeah. like the playoffs to be like a black ace. And yeah, they, yeah, exactly. They would yeah. they would make five times the money in two yeah. months than they did all year. Yeah, exactly right. Yep, exactly right. Okay. Anyways, next part is uh, from there. You go to this is I think personally. So after that year of getting kind of toyed around, and you're on three different Swiss A teams in Hamburg. Yeah, yeah. Is this next year, I think, is your career-defining year? Personally, I think this is when you – sorry, establish your – sorry, folks, I burped in the mic again. Um, this is when you establish yourself as, like, like I'm better than everybody else around Europe. <laughs> is You scored 41 goals in the DL. Has anybody done that since? That's a good question. I don't know. Uh, I agree with you. I think that is that that that, that was a uh, meet meet the the decision to go to Hamburg and when I went there and to see how I was treated in Hamburg, they treated me so well. Um, I got along so well with the coach. the uh, The general manager was was awesome to me. I had like this. That was probably uh, and you yeah, realize was, how awesome Germany is, right? Like I didn't know how awesome Germany no, was until I, I went I, there. Man, I had no idea. I had no idea how amazing it was going to be, and uh, you know that's right. You know, because when I was in Davos, it was Niddle. I played under Niddle when I was in Davos, and I remember it was in Germany because I was under my German passport because I was Canadian in, in Davos. So now your name switches. Now my name switches, and and so it, it was like it was serendipity. You know what I mean? It was crazy. I, I'm hating hockey. You can imagine how much I hate hockey right now. I don't even want to play. That's probably the best word used yet on the podcast in uh, 31 episodes or whatever you are is serendipity is that's that, that, a, well, that well used, it? man. Well is done. Not it, right? I, that, I don't, I'm pretty sure that's what it means. I think there was a movie about it. The guy okay. I, hates hockey. Like I hated myself at the time. I mean, I, I wasn't, I was barely on the ice. They wouldn't even, you know, like this was a long And the thing. fans like, hate you. They were almost like, hating. they're like almost chanting, like fire these people, right? Like yeah. I've seen it in Europe. It's, it can get so outrageous that they like, it's oh. like, they don't realize you have real feelings. Like you're an actual oh, yeah. person. Hey, okay. So what did I, exactly what I said before was it, it's all about results. You're the coolest, best guy. They love you. Uh, if you're scoring or you're winning or whatever. And when you're not scoring, they're like, get this guy out of here. And I remember a funny story, and it's going to come full circle here. Um, uh, so I get to Davos. This is like, you know, and we get a first game, and there's a guy in like the fan zone right behind kind of the goalie, and he buys my jersey. And I remember coming over for the first game, and he's got my jersey. It's like right on this wall. Like they had big expectations for this, like for me to be well, be good there. I'm an import, and I was like 55. And I remember. 55 niddle fifth niddle yeah yeah <laughs> and then so i come out i come out for warm-up and uh, davos is a sick barn it's really sweet fast ice and i'm so excited for my first game to get it underway and i see this my jersey there and i'm like man i'm loving it or whatever and and the, you know the, we end up winning the game but i i don't i didn't really do anything and uh um i remember i was like shit like you know it, like things were sliding i was like man like i'm gonna come out there and that and the jersey was gone. They didn't have it on there for like the the warm up. And I was like, man, that's a bad sign. And uh, yeah, then like 
um, just that, the, just the crazy shit was happening and I could just feel it. But anyway, then I go to Hamburg and they're like, Hey, they listen, love so, you. Oh my God. A new name. These people freaked out for my name. I think that was like a big thing. And they like, and I love them. I was, I, I loved it. I mean, I played it up. Um, I was, I was on. Did they the have like songs and stuff for your name? Like after, I know how it is. Like after a game, they bring a player out if he played well and they'll like sing a song and you got to do a dance. Were they doing that for you? Uh, Hamburg, Hamburg, uh, they had a, an amazing arena and the same team that owned Hamburg, I think owned like uh, another team, maybe Berlin. Uh, I don't know, but it was like this big group. They just put the team there and the fan base was growing. And when I got there, they like, this was a big thing for me to go there. And we were kind of trying to make playoffs and we, we, we did really well when I was there and I did really well. And the, the, the arena was packed. It was like, it was a brand new arena. It was like 13, 14,000 fans. We had a sick restaurant there. We flew to most of the games we had to fly to. We had this like sick bus. And I went from Davos, which is like, they didn't do that. Davos was to me like very similar to, or Switzerland was almost comparable to Russia in some senses. Like it wasn't as professional as Germany. Germany was super professional. It was crazy. The the coach in Switzerland was wearing like ripped jeans, like D squared ripped jeans and loafers or whatever. And like the same sweater. And then I go to Germany. It's like, suit and ties it's just like kind of how i remembered what yeah, was, you're, but- you're playing in hamburg buddy you're not in like uh you're not in like beating and stuff where like yeah. your coach gets behind the bench with like blue jeans on and no, some no. ridiculous green shoes that the steelers give you that are horrendous looking no, like this was this was really this is awesome they, they took care of me and i was doing really well and I, I just i just loved it and uh then so kind of fast forward uh my brother played in nuremberg a different a rival kind of city. The Ice Tigers. The Ice, that's right. Yeah, exactly. He played there, and uh, he he had a name. He made a name for the same thing, man. He had a name. You can imagine my brother. He had long blonde hair, and he was crushing guys. And I don't know. He just he was going out all the time, partying, having a great time. So I kind of had now this kind of reputation, like similar to my brother. They were saying, oh, this guy, you know, he's like uh, whatever. I don't know. But I just loved being there, and it felt amazing being you know, kind of loved really, you know, just being supported. You know, I was, I was loving that. I was, I was trying to, you know, go out and enjoy that, like relish in that energy. And then Nuremberg, they're like, they wanted me on that team so bad. And they, they had a, uh, they had a long run in the playoffs when I was with Hamburg and they said, and I remember I went down there and I think they were in the finals or something. I can't remember what exactly happened. I think they, they lost in the finals and like, man, you're the missing piece. They were, they were saying everything the best things you could say to a guy. And uh, my brother was with me at the time. And um, yeah, they were just, it was, they, they wanted me so bad. And Hamburg they were like, uh, you know, they're like, yeah, I know we want you, but you know, there's a lot of players out there. And I couldn't believe they said that. I couldn't believe it. And I remember you got a German passport, man. I honestly, I wanted to go back to, to Hamburg so bad because it was so fun and I didn't want to leave. And, but Nuremberg was paying me more than than hamburg and i just i couldn't get it i could i couldn't believe that hamburg was like like not willing to like step up and but, get me but those those teams and those leagues man like especially especially when you get to the lower divisions like their budgets are their budgets they cannot go over their budgets they cannot find more money the only way they do is if they go out for private sponsorships and that's when players have to like literally get in bed with like private sponsors where they're like not actually getting bed, but like you get paid by like a, like 
a random fan and that stuff does happen over there but like like their budgets are their budgets and ingolstadt or sorry not ingolstadt nuremberg ice tigers they had a good budget in germany at the time and they probably had more than hamburg and that's why they offer you more right yeah you know i I, I know all about that too, about the, the sponsorship and how that, how that kind of works. But yeah. I, so as soon as I kind of, as, as soon as I kind of heard that, that the reluctancy or, or whatever that they were saying, they didn't want to kind of match. Yeah. I don't think they matched it. You know, they were kind of dragging their feet and Nuremberg was like, man, we're, we're all in on you. You're going to be our, you know, we're going to give you as much ice time as possible. And uh, so I was like, and my brother was like, what do you, it's a no brainer. These guys want you. And then I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. So I, I signed with them. And, uh, you know, it was just, it was crazy. You know, I, but yeah, I went to another team now and, uh, and you had the literally like, okay, because we, you have stay, still way too much to cover. We're going to have to speed up. Oh, okay. So, okay. The problem is, is that this <laughs> season right here is, is probably one of the best seasons in the DL in the last 40 seasons and I'm not joking and for all the listeners out there that think I'm trying to just pump his tires this literally is 41 goals in the DL I do not think has happened since if I'm wrong people of Germany that listen the 8% of you of my listeners of my demographics um, please let me know because I'm pretty sure 41 goals in the DL is as good as it gets. And I'm going pee. Keep talking about that season. Okay. Yeah, you got it. Man. All right. I'll tell you. So, uh, yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, the season was, I was in great shape. Remember, uh, I had a, 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 a really great summer training and, uh, yeah, I was just excited for the year and we had a good team and I meshed well early on. And uh, training camp was what I think defined the year because I, I felt like I had so much pressure on me and um, I needed, I needed to have a big year. I knew that because I got, I was, it's kind of, I think I was 24, 25 at the time. And uh, yeah, I just, I needed to have a big year. That's for sure. So uh, there was a lot of pressure and I remember uh, training camp kind of set the tone where I scored a lot in training camp. And there was kind of a, a, a buzz behind our team. And I just felt, I just got more confident, more confident. And um, I, I was having a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just, I was just, yeah, just really feeling a lot of good energy there, living there. And I felt, I just felt reinvigorated and everything was just clicking for me. Every time I shot it, felt like it was going in. I felt like I was, you know, my speed was there and they just took care of me. And I had a great season. I ended up having a great season. Um. You know what? I caught the tail end of it. I'm sure the people can listen to me opening up the door and coming back in. But to be honest with you, yeah. is it sounds exactly like my first year in Beatingheim when I went there. And I know, like, it's just at a different scale. I, I'm in Germany and I'm on in the second league. But I hadn't had that much fun playing hockey. And I had a yeah. big preseason and I start scoring. And yeah. it just keeps rolling and you get, you get chemistry with your centerman or whatever. Yeah. And then, and then like, like you said, the good energy from the fans and everything, like when I was coming up for games, they would say, 
the, you know, they'd say like your first name. Yeah, yeah. And the crowd would chant the last name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For that. me, I got a Mister. Right, I was Mister Brent, and then they would say Walton. Like I was the only guy that got the Mister. That's crazy. Like, and it was like, well, that's incredible. And I like, yeah. I thanked the guy that worked in the penalty box that would announce that like all the time, every time I buy him a beer. That's amazing. But like he did that for me and I got to live that way and beating Hyman until it ended, but I get the, you know, it, that yeah. positive energy yeah. and you get rolling. Like it yeah. doesn't matter if you're in the second league or the first league, like when people start getting behind you and you start getting the positive yeah. energy and you start feeling the groove, like it, it's like any player, man, you can play so much better or you can play so much worse based on how you're treated, how your lifestyle is, how everything is right. Uh, of course. Yeah. And, uh, I love scoring, you know, I love scoring and it's a great feeling. It's such a high. And you see these, you see these, uh, you know, still photos. I looked at the, the kind of the post you made there and then the one, and, you know, that that's real emotion. You feel that you get, I get so jacked up when I scored and even maybe if I didn't have a big celebration, maybe you just, you feel, you just kind of chase that and you just love it. And when I was scoring and we were winning and you're playing good and the, there's a buzz or this, the fans are there. You know, I think at the end of the day, we, we love playing in front of fans, you know, as kids where that's our dream play in front of fans. And, um, a I lot of seeing, fans. yeah, you know, like Amira, they had, they had a fan base, you know, whatever, a thousand or whatever. I don't even know how many there are there in the, in the junior B, but I remember seeing it at Stratford, the Cultons when my brother played junior B, I remember going, I thought it was, I saw my brother play. I thought it was an NHL game going there, it, just seeing the fans and just the, the stadium, the way it looks and, man, I'd get so jacked up and you're just, yeah, you're, you're rolling. You feel good. And, uh, you're scoring and you're in Europe and you're, man, you're, you're that's living. What you, that's you're what living. you pay for. Yeah, yeah. You're living. You know what I mean? And, and, uh, when you find, uh, when you kind of find that Nirvana kind of thing, you're just, you're feeling it. Yeah, no, I got that. And I, I wanted to keep feeling it for the next I wanted that same feeling for the next four years. So I just kept staying there and it was yeah. not the same. I got hurt the next year. Then the team yeah. sucked and it wasn't the same, but I tried to stay there for it, that to happen again. And obviously it just doesn't, but yeah. you actually switch teams. So you get 41 goals in a season. And yeah. then because a guy from this team has already been on the podcast, which you may or may not know that, but um, you go to, Vitiaz Chekhov of the KHL and Darcy Vero came on. Um, I don't know if you do that. So he's been on and he, he, he explained his four years there. He really enjoyed a lot of it. Um, he enjoyed the earlier parts of his time there, but you come in near, I think right near the end of his time, right? Yeah. My boy Darcy there. Wow. Yeah. I got a, I got a, a, I got an offer from, uh, at that point I was, I was at the end of my, my, my contract in Germany and I got a, I got, a, had a lot of interest as you can imagine, having a, having a big year. Um, I felt great. And then I was kind of weighing everything out. I was getting uh, offers from almost every league. What about and the NHL? I, I was in, uh, I remember a guy came up to me, Colin Beardsmore and he said, uh, Hey, um, I'm, I'm friends with, he, he played on the team and he said to me on, when I was stretching, he said, Hey, I'm, I'm friends with, uh, uh, I think it's, I think it's Jeff Ward, who was the coach our assistant coach of, uh, Boston at the time. And, uh, I said, uh, he wants your uh, cell phone number. 
He was my grade six substitute gym teacher, by the way. Really? Yeah. Well, he was the coach of the Kitchener Rangers here. And I think he always liked my brother. Yeah. And, he he uh, also was a substitute teacher at Park Banner um, Public School for me. And uh, you can ask him that. That's for sure. If anybody out there wants to ask him. Go ahead. Wow. One fact of the day. Yeah, interesting. So uh, I was close with Boston and I was close with uh, Chicago and New York. Um, I spoke to all one ways or two ways. Well, that's what, so here's what happened. So, uh, I, I wanted a one-way contract. Um, yeah. Cause Russia's not giving you a two way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I didn't want to leave. I didn't want to leave for a, for a two way. And, uh, at that point I said, you know, it's either they, they really expect me to make, cause I really felt at that point that if I got kind of the commitment from the team that they wanted me there and that was their true intention, and, uh, you know, kind of, I, I needed, a, I felt like I needed a little bit of a confidence that way. And I was, I really wanted a one way. And uh, so we had these three teams uh, and it was pretty much me and my brother, really. I wasn't speaking with him. My brother was kind of like being the inter intermediary there. Your brother's being the intermediary with who? With these uh, NHL teams. Pardon me? Yeah, he was the intermediary between. I, I know he he's good at like hosting people for chicken wings with yeah, the yeah. roller rats but what yeah. do you mean that nhl teams he's your agent now yeah he was he was i spoke to uh i spoke to the rangers after the uh also after I, the only time i really spoke to the teams myself is that i did speak to glenn sather and another uh it's the other guy uh i forget his name but he was uh um he, i think he was a defenseman but they, they, i was on speakerphone with those two after my russian season my, my first year in russia I was on, but I had, and uh, but they were interested before. And uh, anyway, what happened was uh, I get an offer from a Russian team, for and they just started the KHL, and they're like, "Look," we're, and and the kind of the buzz was, "Look, these guys are they're spending huge money, and they want to compete with the NHL because the NHL had a um, I don't know whatever it was at the time if they're having like a lockout or they're getting a lot of Russian guys or whatever it was, but they, the KHL had just started." And uh, I, I never thought about Russia in my life. And then I hear about the KHL. There's a big rumor about it. And they're saying, yeah, they're, they're paying guys huge money. So uh, sure enough, I get I get an offer from this Russian team, a two-year deal. And they're and and so saying, how do you get that? Is that your brother still? Is he no, like, no, the no. one this, dealing this, with the, the NHL this team? Russian, yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, I, what do you want me to do? It That's kind of how the way, way it, it went down. I've seen him fight guys in the penalty box in roller hockey. You know, you know, at the time, to be honest with you, <laughs> I'm I was just getting, kidding. I'm just I, kidding. I, I, yeah, I don't know. But I, at the time, you had this this one agent. I remember in Davos, he couldn't care less about me. Yeah, I never had any. I, you know, I wasn't thinking about contracts when I was a kid, and my agent was taking. I couldn't believe that they were just going to fire me, and I was going to lose all this money anyway. And they didn't help me. My brother is actually the guy that really helped me get out he of cared. Because he cared. And I think, you know, looking back, I think he was in contact with Hamburg too at some point trying to get this done. And then he, he got the Nuremberg deal for me and which really propelled my career. And then out of the blue, these, these, these guys were calling and, and my brother, you know, he, who, who else, you know, who else did I feel comfortable representing me at that time or knowing, you know, and I, and my brother for sure had my best, best interest at heart. And if it was meant to be, it was, I mean, in hindsight, it, it didn't work out with the, the NHL teams, but you know, I don't blame that on anybody. You know, I, I, that's, that's just how it happened and uh yeah so anyway uh yeah so the, this the, this russian team uh gives me this offer and it's a 
two-year contract and it was for a lot of money and i freaked out when i saw it i was like you got to be kidding me and this agent this is a russian agent he said uh, yeah no it's it's legit these guys they're paying everything i said look i just got fi- i got uh, my contract canceled in switzerland so you know how do i know and they're like Here, they're going to transfer you like here's the portion here's how they're going to break it down and it was it was nuts and then this other guy calls me this other russian agent calls me he says, no, 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 I got a bigger deal for you. Don't okay, so sign. hold on. This is after um, the 41 goal year, right? Yeah, yeah. This is right after, right after. Yeah. Okay, so, go ahead. Uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm still in the, the apartment in Nuremberg. And uh, I'm, this is when I actually got this uh, this first offer. And uh, I was like, oh, I was freaking out. I was like, uh, you know, I was so excited. You can imagine you get it. Yeah. Yeah, was, it was a big yeah. offer. And so I was freaking out. And then this other agent calls me shortly after. He's like, no, no, no don't sign anything. I'm going to, I'm going to get you an offer right away and it's going to be bigger than your other one. So I, so sure enough, I get this, this offer and uh, I, I can't, you know, it's hard for me to remember exactly about it, but it was, it was more money. And uh, they were saying like, look, the general manager is, is Alex Jamnoff. And uh, these guys are, you know, they, they love Canadians and uh, you got a lot of tough Canadians with you that are going to protect you. And I was like, you know, and it just, the agent was giving me a, you know, he's saying everything I needed to hear. And I was like, what am I supposed to do? You know? So I said, uh, yeah, let's do it. Let's see what happens. So I just, you know, I, why not? You know, I, I always kind of rolled the dice, you know, and yep. a lot of these decisions, I rolled the dice to leave North America. And now I was just kind of going with it. You know, what do you want me to say? And uh, so, yeah, I, I went there and it was, it was, I mean, it was a lot different than, than kind of what I expected, but I, I played really well and I did well there. And uh, I enjoyed it. And uh, I, I broke my ankle, the, the same one uh, that I broke before. And it was like, it was massive. And I, I remember they wanted me to play. And uh, I was like in cold sweats. Uh, it was it was crazy. I needed, I, I broke it. I needed to have surgery on it. I, 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 uh, I got kind of hit mid-ice and it, I kind of toe-picked a little bit and I couldn't get out of it and it cracked it. And uh, so I ended up flying to, they flew me to Germany. And I got surgery in Germany. And then from Germany, I flew back to Canada. And then this is, uh, and then I so saw it's like New Year's in Canada. And I got to get, I got to, so I, I celebrate New Year's here in Canada. And then I fly back with this cast on um, back to, uh, to Russia. And I stayed in Russia from, you know, the whole time trying to like get the cast off, rehab. And I don't know. I, yeah, I was there for, I think I was there for pretty much the full year. And uh, at that point, because I hadn't played, they kind of stopped paying me. And then I flew back to Canada after I, they, they were, I think there was the economic crash at the time. Uh, it was like 2008, 2007. And I couldn't, it was hard to get the money out of, uh, out of Russia. So that was one of the reasons why I had to stay longer. It was like, it was, it was, it was super nerve wracking. And uh, yeah, I, I can go into a kind of a long story with that, but anyway, yeah, it was uh, kind of long and then I go, I go back home. It's summertime. I kind of want to go into that story. Sorry to cut you off. I kind of want to talk about Russia. Like, cause like Darcy was there and he told me he basically, this guy would come in the room with a number and he had to fight Yarmur Yager. Right. And I'm (laughs) right. Like he told me all about that. So like, what was it? Were you there for that? You weren't you. That was, that was before you were there. No, I, I was there. I, I think I was there. I think Darcy was, I think he was there either one or 
I think he was there one or two. He was, he was there before he was the KHL and he was kind of the, the elder statesman kind of thing in the sense where he, he had kind of already been there and he was kind of giving everybody the ropes uh, on, on what was going on. We had kind of a close, you know, kind of a close group there. We, we, we all stuck together and uh, I, I think we, we really enjoyed uh, we, re- I think we, we really made the most of it. Like, I think we all kind of like, just, just kind of wrote it out. You know, it was crazy. Like stuff that was going on was crazy, but everyone kind of, I think we all, you know, just, uh, just kind of wrote it out. There was, it, it, it got negative there a little bit, uh, unfortunately, but I think there was just some personality clashes with a few people. Um, but it was, it was, it was awesome, man. It was crazy. It was like, I, I don't think it was like, there was like more of a, there was a, I think I was worried about like violence a little bit and like just kind of the unknown. But other than that, it was, it was similar. It was like, it was, it was a cool league. We flew a lot, you know, we, they, they took care of us. Everyone was getting paid. And, um, the arenas were sweet. You know, they, they love hockey there. It was, uh, like, I, I didn't, I, I was, you know, I, I enjoyed it. We went to Moscow a lot. We had some awesome dinners. We go out with a lot of guys. I had some friends that were Russian that I made when I played in North America and, uh, they were over there and man, I, I loved it. I had a great time. Okay. Um, so what about getting paid then? Did you ever get your money out of there then? Cause they yeah. have economic crisis there. What all? Yeah. So that's right. Now, now that I'm remembering, so I flew in and it, things were booming and in, in everywhere. The, the, every America, Russia, Russia was booming. Uh, there, Moscow, I wasn't sure what to expect. There are high rises everywhere. They're all being built. And the, I was there in the summertime and it was hot and this like a uh, car driver picks me up and we're bombing back to, to BTS or check off, I should say. And, um, man, it's, it's booming. And, um, there was, uh, yeah, it was. And then, and then, uh, like, I think it was kind of quickly in uh, probably, uh, before the season was entered, like the ruble, we were always, we were getting paid in rubles. You know, most of us were getting paid in rubles because they're like, yeah, that's, we're going to sign a US the exchange contract. rate. Yeah. Depends we were a lot on it. Man, right. We were depending on it. So that's right too. Now that I'm remembering. So the, the exchange rate went nuts. It went like, one one ruble would give you uh or one u.s dollar would give you 27 rubles at the time and then all of a sudden it went to like one u.s dollar would give you 45 rubles and we were like what so we were all freaked out we didn't know what to do should we and and yeah i had some u.s cash and then they switched over started paying me rubles i was like man so i had a you know and and so you imagine i had stacks of rubles (laughs) i was like what i could do with these and uh yeah it was you know i was i was it was on my mind because I, I, I didn't even touch any of the money. It was all in my apartment. I just left it in my apartment underneath my, uh, my kitchen banquette. And it was, you know, not to, I'm not, I'm just kind of tell the story here. This is like, it was just on my passport or both of them actually in my, my money was underneath the, the table. And I had a cleaning lady that would come from the, the arena to clean my apartment. And one day I like, they found the stash, you know, I thought they were going to steal it from me. And they're like, Oh no, no. Like, because because of who owned the team they wouldn't they wouldn't kind of uh, cross you and i remember one time uh we had a uh, we had a game and i was trying to take a nap and this guy was hammered in the hallway and uh, i was like i was getting worked up because i was like man i got i gotta sleep I, this guy's like screaming like you know he was in, like uh, obviously he was in, he was drunk so i come to the door i've got no shirt on i'm in like shorts and i'm and i and i was you know i was jacked up at the time i was i was angry that i couldn't sleep and i was like fuck this guy's gonna get it i unlocked the, i opened the door and this is old guy and i'm like man 
I was like, uh, you know, I saw this old guy. I was like, oh, okay. I was like, hey, like, can you sh- like, stop it, man? Go inside or whatever like that. And he kind of like, gets in my face. So I give him like this one arm push off. You know, I'm like, man, like, you know, don't, don't get in my like, face. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get in my face. You know, like, and he didn't speak any, any uh, English or whatever. Anyway, I kind of like, I wasn't going to get in a fight with this old guy or whatever. So I, you know, I kind of diffused the situation and he went away. And later on, this was, uh, uh, this was a top level uh, boxer. And he, and I, and he, like I boxed, not boxed uh, with him, but he was kind of training me a little bit with boxing when I was, they had a, a really nice gym at the bottom. And he trained this, this professional Russian boxer, Alexander Povetkin. And Povetkin went on to fight some big name guys. And uh, he was owned by, uh, like they, they owned him. This, the, the guy who owned our team, he was like, he treated him like his son, but he was like a, a prize fighter for him. And so this Povetkin guy was there boxing all the time with this guy. And this guy, this old guy, man, he was like, he could smash a heavy, he would have smashed me out. I would have had no idea. And uh, yeah, it was just crazy stories like that. And they had a lot of, a lot of, there, there was just, yeah, they were, they were different there. It was, it was, but you kind of knew that and you kind of had to ride it out. There's a lot of late nights drinking with them and they, they kind of got crazy. And yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was a good time. I mean, it was, it yeah, was a lot you, of crazy Dar- stuff. Darcy but. explained it a bit too. Like you'd, you'd show, you'd see what like the actual like mob, like does right like you guys would get to go to their parties right yeah it was yeah it was nuts man like i remember the, i mean there was that stuff too but there's just little things like the 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 office this guy had in the arena was like all decked out like typical russian like boardroom with these chairs and he had he was always saying like he never really spoke english and he'd always say like you want chai like you want to have a tea and uh he, they'd have this wicked spread for teas you know, these different jams you would put in the tea and stuff. And, and so, you know, he'd have that during the day. I get called up like during the practice, go see him and we have tea and, or whatever, he, you know, whatever he just talk. And he was, I mean, it was crazy. We, we, and then of course he had like this big compound and yeah, there was a lot of stuff there. It was, there was a lot to take in, but yeah, it was interesting. I knew, <laughs> I knew this episode was going to be long when I saw all uh, the stuff you had done. Right. Yeah, like, man. It's, I like, told you like, on. Like realistically, you're a three-parter, maybe a four-parter. But sorry, yeah, folks, so if you can't get through it, you can't get through it. That's the motto. Yeah. Um, but sorry for burping the mic again. Okay. Next one is uh, I don't really care because I just don't want to forget about this part. Is you're doing all this stuff and you're going to Russia, you're scoring 41 goals. At some point – you play in the Spangler Cup three times. Yeah. You oh, yeah. Play oh, my for God. Sw- you play for Switzerland, Germany, yeah. and Canada. So yeah. you played it. <laughs> I remember watching you. I remember watching you in the Spangler Cup and going, dude, he's like way taller and better looking than he was in Minor Adam. So how was that? Uh, yeah, the Spangler Cup was crazy. It was, uh, it's in Davos, of course. Where and, it all uh, started in Europe, yeah, eh? Yeah, exactly. Um, I, yeah, it was, man, there's so many there. And uh, um, I know they're televised. So my parents were, were glued to it. And uh, I think my dad got a deal on concrete because I, because I played in the Spanger Cup, you know, <laughs> I think it's something like that. He, he was, he was beside himself. And um, I had a lot of people that, that uh, had, had, had reached out to me over the years about the Spangler Cup and, it was an amazing tournament, and uh, you mentioned I, I I did play for Canada one year, which was which was awesome, and uh, 
um, yeah, it was a lot of, it was just, it was a great tournament. It, there's like, it's a huge party, you know, Davos is a very small ski resort. It's very quiet in the summer. When I, um, when I did training camp there, it's, it's dead. It's, there's nobody there. And then, uh, and then it just comes live to get the UN, the, the UN was there at the time, or it still is, but it's, it coincides with the, with the Spangler cup. And, uh, you had, I had heard about it when I got to Davos my first year, like all oh, the Spangler, that's what they were talking about. They had to win that and they have to win the championship, that team at that time. And, uh, to play in it three times was, uh, was really, um, um, fun and special. And yeah, those were, those were really, uh, yeah, big uh, tournaments. And you won it with Davos, did you not? Yeah, uh, won it with Davos, and uh, then I played. Uh, uh, oh yeah, and then I played uh, for Mannheim. In, uh, in and you were an all star, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, I scored. Uh, yeah, I scored uh, against Canada there, which was a huge game, and that was obviously a big one playing against Canada. And then uh, later That's on. That's what I remember. I remember something about the tournament and I remember watching you play and I couldn't remember if you did something like toe pick on a penalty shot or you scored a big goal. I just remember something big happened. Toe Three, I scored three goals against Canada. And, okay, uh, well, that's all right. That's okay. Yeah, I think yeah. that must have been what it was. Yeah, I think, yeah. It was, no, uh, actually, it was seriously, my research team sucks because I no. knew something happened, but um, yeah. that's a pretty cool story. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a big one. I, I was a uh, I had a big tournament, and uh, and then that obviously, yeah, I was right. I was in Mannheim at the time. I had a big tournament. I think I I think I I, I think I led the the tournament in points, and then the, had the three against Canada, and then that obviously uh, got me some notoriety with the Swiss fans again. Just like, hey, this guy was in Switzerland, he was in Russia. He you know there was a there was kind of a, an energy there and. Yeah, no, so this is what we're going to do because we've been going too long is we're just, you know what, Mannheim, yeah. we had a great Spengler Cup the rest of the yeah. season. We're just going to skip because now exactly. we're, we're going because that Spengler Cup, and now I get it, you, you did awesome with Mannheim and you got that yeah. opportunity to play with Mannheim, rip yeah. it up, lead the tournament score and get a hatcher against Canada. And then that takes you to... E H C B L B N, um, and is that a French town? Because I see yeah. the name is like basically in English and French. Is that right? That's exactly right. It's in German and, and French. There, it's the first kind of French-speaking part of Switzerland. Um, it's kind of, I guess, it's yeah. It's it wasn't uh, it was uh, there. Yeah, it was a nice city. It wasn't uh, like it was a smaller town for me by my standards but it was kind of a bigger city for switzerland and uh yeah i was like all right now i think it was a big thing to go back to switzerland right because i got uh had a bad experience there before and i'm like man i know it's a tough league and see how it goes and uh yeah i, I went there and uh yeah i you know, just i remember having that same kind of philosophy earlier when i said uh you you can't the results have to speak for themselves you can't be the best guy in the room and then have a bad performance. You, you know, it's, it's about, you know, you have to do everything you can to have a, a big game because uh, they, they, they even, I played for that team for like six years or seven years, whatever it was. And they wanted me uh, like, uh, like you had to play. And I think they wanted me gone the first like week there anyway, you know, they're like, Oh, you're, you're, you're too, you're too heavy or too, whatever it was. And uh, they're like, yeah, maybe go back to Germany. You know, like it was crazy. I just got there. Like it was, it was, it was after nuts. a week. 
Yeah, it was crazy. And then uh, the funny thing is I ended up playing for this guy, the coach, who wanted me gone the first week. I ended up playing for him for like six or seven years. What's his name? Which was nuts. Uh, uh, he's a Swiss guy. Swiss guy. It's Kevin Schlepfer. Okay. that So that's the, the coach you played for for like six years. Yeah, yeah. The same guy that wanted me off the team uh, week one or week two or whatever. Like I get there. What happens is I remember now. I get, I get there off a plane. And, um, like the next day they picked me up to do this bike test and they're like, you got to go up to the Olympic center to do this, this uh, lactic acid bike test. And it's my second day there. I didn't even sleep when I got there and I was moving into my apartment, meeting a bunch of people, like introducing myself. I went for a long walk and the next day I have to go to this Olympic center, do this bike test and like poking my ear to get my blood and I'm pedaling. Oh, yeah. I've done Man, it. I'm, I'm, I'm dying it. here. Like I'm just dying. And uh, so it's like minute 14 and they're like, they, they, they keep increasing the volts on the bike. So after 14, 15 minutes, I'm like, I'm done. I, I'm not doing this anymore. And they're like, no, 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 you keep going. I'm like, no, no, I don't want to do it anymore. You know, like I, I, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm exhausted. I'm, I'm done. So they, the, the coach gets that. He's like, fuck, you're done. You're out of here. Yeah. We, you're out of shape. And I'm like, I didn't even know this was a, you know, I, I as my second day, I just honestly, I, you know, what do you want for me to, what do you want for me? And again, I has, still had that same mindset of as long as I play well, it'll take care of everything. But the problem was uh, he didn't really, you know, I wasn't playing that great. And then the first game comes and I don't really actually, you know, get that much opportunity kind of puts me on like a bottom line. And uh, I ended up scoring, thank God. And uh, yeah, I ended up kind of sticking around, but um yeah, kind of sticking around. Like, <laughs> it was close. Kind of sticking around. But that's the thing is, like, I know one guy. You probably would know the name just because he was bit, been there in the second league a lot of the years. Jeff Campbell. Like, do you know him? He was, no, in, I, the, he was in the Swiss B League forever. But anyways, uh, like, w- once you're in, once you're in with those fans and they're India and they like you. So they must, that must have happened for you in yeah. BN. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, it was close. I remember, uh, um, yeah, they, there was like an owner's, uh, sponsor box in this old stadium. It was like a really, really old stadium, but they had like a lot of energy. It was super loud. Opposing teams didn't like going there. Good ice. And, uh, this is probably, uh, yeah, I don't know how many games in, but early on in the season, we, we go to a shootout and end up having a really, I, I went in the shootout, I scored. Then we went to overtime on the shootout and where they can pick, you can go as many times as you want. I, I was like, what is this? So like, oh yeah, go. So then I go and score and uh, they send a guy and whatever. I don't know if he's scoring up, but they went another round and one of our guys went, didn't score. And then they went, I got to go and I scored. So I had like, you know, I think two I had, goals I, in a row in the yeah, shootout. two goals in a row to win it. And I think I had, probably one or two goals during the game. So I was a, it was a big night for me. And then I end up going up to the, the, like this box where all the big sponsors are and all that. And they, they loved me, you know, and that, I think that was a big turning point. I felt so confident. Everyone wanted to kind of like, uh, you know, say something to me or like, you know, it felt awesome. And then, you know, if you do flashback with New Jersey, they were like, you know, shunning me. I was getting, you know, the coach was, couldn't stand me. And, you know, there was no action there. It was just, you know, it was like two polar opposites. I just felt, felt incredible. You know, it was, it was an amazing feeling to, to do well and to be, um, to be, I don't know, just to be valued, I guess. Would yeah. Felt, felt, felt amazing. 
so you were there then for like yeah six or seven seasons the research team isn't that good but like so yeah. then you find a home there and you have a coach that likes you so i'm i you know what i do podcasts with everybody and i i think i can give a player a view based on how they podcast you it's it's a harder one than most um on a power play, are you the say like they do all the power plays the same now, right? Where there's the three guys across and there's the guy up top, the guy in front of the net, and whatever. Like, are you the guy in the middle that's shooting? I was. I was a lot of times. I was a half wall guy. Were you the and, half uh, wall guy? Yeah, at six like to, four, two fifty. Yeah, I, I was more often than not where I got a lot of success was was. I knew I was having a good season when I was kind of the half wall guy. And so that I, that's I, that's that fat Adam kid, eh? That's the fat kid in Adam that learned the skills before he grew. I think so. You know, I I always tried to, you know, kind of just fake like I'm gonna kind of give it maybe up to the D man and the forward is gonna you know anticipate it and I just got that that I can take one more step and get a better. And then angle. you snap bomb it. Bomb it. Yeah. And I, then I you snap it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was kind of I. I love shooting. Um, I don't think I, I, I tried not to pass up anytime I could shoot. Um, so yeah, I, I tried to shoot and then a, a few times I, yeah, I, I played a little bit, I would kind of move up to the, to the one point and then cut, curl back down, kind of button hook down. And, and if I had room, I would skate in and shoot. If not, it maybe, maybe yeah, pass it down to the low guy or something. But yeah, I, I love to uh, kind of be in that, that position to shoot. So you were running, you're a lefty, right? Yeah, shoot. Uh, or yeah. shoot. So yeah, you're playing the natural side half wall, or is it like the new school NHL where you're playing the off wing, taking snappers? Yeah, I, I've played the half wall, the the opposite. I tried to do that, and um, I don't mind it to be honest with you. If you get a, I would do it depending on the the what shot the D man is, you know, because I the for the key to it, I think, is if the forward, uh, if he takes away that pass, then you got that clear then you would have a clearer shot to the net. And if the forward and the forward would more often not take away that pass, if that D man was on a one timer side, you know? Yeah. The, the thing is though, is like when you go in on your offside on the, the, the half wall, that's not natural is what I'm saying. Yeah. As if you're going in your forehands towards the boards, yeah. you still have that behind the back to the guy in the middle. That's a, yeah. Right. Like you can yeah. still snap it but you can also throw it back. And like, I didn't even learn about that until I was like 30 years old. Right. Like yeah. you did, you don't see it until you see someone else do it. And then you're like, Oh yeah. yeah shit. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Um, so where are we at now? I don't even... uh, yeah. We're kind of in, in Switzerland at this point and, and to... so what are the best players you played with? Okay. That's my, one of my questions. I know we should probably wrap this up. Cause I think we're, we're getting close yeah. to two hours and that's, that's, oh that's God. long in this. I think actually, I don't I... even know, but um, what are the best players you played with? Cause I played in Switzerland and man, those players were so much better than I would have guessed. Yeah. Like Swiss players. Um <laughs> trying to think uh like uh yossi roman yossi was a good yeah he's uh he's had a good career there there's been a couple of swiss guys that um i played with uh the one 
kid, uh, the one guy who's in uh, Edmonton, Haas, he was on the team uh, in, in Beale where I was. Um, I'm trying to remember. There was a lot of, a lot of a couple of guys who had a big career, like who were American, like uh, Kane came to Beale and played there. Uh, Sagan. They played uh, with you. Yeah, yeah. That that year I tore my ACL, like game four or something, game five. But uh, they were there for the lockout. That was another lockout year. Kane and Sagan, they were they were there. And uh, so yeah, you, was... you would have been the import, but then you got hurt. So then they, or else you would have all been playing together. Yeah, exactly. Then the one, the, the other imports that that did play with them, they they obviously had big years, and the league was it was a uh, a wicked league that year too. A lot of a lot of import, a lot of guys from North America came over, and um, yeah, big buzz because it was the only show in town, really. Why? Well, and and uh, yeah, no, like just thinking about this off the hop here is like when you guys are talking, like the hockey world is smaller than you yeah. really get, like. You, you're talking about Martin Brodeur and Joe Thornton, where then I was in beating Heim and someone knew Joe Thornton from his time in Switzerland. And it's like the, all of it's it's all connected. And it's just like some guys get 41 goals for the Nuremberg Ice Tigers. And um, pretty much everybody else never does that. Right. And then it wasn't even just that you had that year. It's that in Beal. You're an import for seven years in the Swiss yeah. A League, like, yeah, like I'm talking, like that's like, that's <laughs> like, that's different than signing a one-way contract in the NHL. That is like any guy that is not quite in the NHL, baby doesn't want to do a two-way. They all want to go to Switzerland, and they wanted you. Yeah, I got super lucky. Um, looking back at the career, you know it we talked earlier about having just a great time and great energy, but you know, you're just, you're kind of taking it a stride at the time. And, and it's funny because we don't know how things are going to work out, you know, look at us now. And uh, my girlfriend sent me um, a couple weeks ago too, about just how things work out. And if somebody would have told you, you know, you're going to do a podcast now and you know, I'm in real estate and you know, you just, you never know, you don't know how the season's going to turn out. And uh, you know, there's injuries or I didn't know how my, my kind of my career was going to end. And, who, who knows, you know, we're just kind of taking day by day, but yeah, it was, uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that I got to kind of have a career in hockey, you know, and, and, and experience all those things. And oh, travel. Not, not just a career in hockey, dude. Like you one your career is literally, if oh, I, man, if I, if I'm, if that. I'm ranking my, my 31 podcasts so far, if I'm ranking the careers of like, jealousy factor i i would say um i would say you're you're probably right near the top like actually no because like i actually was i wasn't the type of guy that really wanted that nhl attention and wanted all that but if i could have been in switzerland and then I come home for summers and go golfing and nobody knows who I am and I can just go golfing and nobody yeah. cares that I make that much money. That's living. I'll never forget the day I went golfing in Elmira with Weidman and then two other professional hockey players. All four of us were professional hockey players and we're all making a living playing hockey. The other two guys were making 
obviously substantially more than me in the second league in Germany, but they were making about league minimum in the NHL. Weidman was making around at that time about the same. And everybody at that golf course bugged him the whole day. Like they all thought they were his friend. They all wanted to talk about some game they had seen. And the, the, the other three of us just played golf. <laughs> <laughs> That's interesting to hear that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can, you know, I know exactly um, it, when I was in Switzerland, you know, I, I was very reluctant I, I, at the end. I was kind of more reluctant to do anything because there was a lot of attention where I was. It was a small town. Uh, I kind of stood out. And uh, there was just a lot of demand. You know, you're just getting a lot of demand. You talked about private sponsors before. I, I dealt with a lot of sponsors that just, they wanted a lot from you. And then there was just the expectations were growing and growing. And then also you kind of, you kind of want to live up to that persona too, at some point, you know, there was, a, there was just, you're filled with a lot of different, uh, you, you grow a lot. And of course, you know, you're in your twenties, your thirties, you're, you're, you're growing. Things are becoming more important than others. And, Again, it kind of harkens back to, and it's, you know, sports in general are so it's, it's, it's they're you know, they're, it's dynamic in the sense where you don't know what's going to happen. You know, I, I could have had a bad year and that would have been it. You know, this podcast you know, would have ended hours ago and it would have been, <laughs> that would have been it, you know, and uh, who would have know? I had one year and I went here and I did this. And if I you wouldn't, if you wouldn't have grown when you were 15, you were never coming on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't blame you. I don't blame you. And you know, just before we we wrap it up, I wanted to say that I was walking my dog down the street, and my hairdresser is like, uh, he he yells at me. He's like picking up, uh, like he's like shoveling some dirt into a into a trailer, and he's just like an empty lot. And my hairdresser is like, I think he's from like North Korea or something. This guy's hilarious. Been going to him for probably I don't know, fifteen years or something. And uh, he's like, and we're just shooting the shit. And this guy's like, uh, randomly randomly uh he says to me hey do you know brent walton and i was like i was looking at him, i was like I, i'm going on his podcast what? in a couple of days yeah and he's like he randomly brought your name up i couldn't believe how things work out that way isn't that crazy his Who name was, was uh, uh i think he's a d-man he said he said he made sure to tell me to say hi to you um it's like loundy or something lochner he was a cop Lachner. cop is he a cop was he a cop i don't know what was he doing uh, he's building a house. Building he a house. Oh, well, I uh, I got a bunch of buddies that do that sort of stuff, but oh uh, well, I don't know. He's you know he lives on uh, in all in uh, in Elmira. No, no, in, in Waterloo here, very close to where I live, in Quas Park, kind of. Uh, uh, well, whoever it. whoever it yeah. was, if he listens to it, let me yeah. know who it was. Um, I'll get his name. I, okay, so I got another question then is how did you decide to end it? How did it how did it come to an end? You want man, it was crazy how it ended. Um is it, it, it was crazy. You know, after all this time, where where what happens? The the coach that didn't didn't want me, uh, you know, after six week, years he got after tired. After six of years, it? that same guy he finally got his wish, which I, I think was uh was uh yeah, he, he got me out of there. And guess what team wanted me? Florida Everblades? Oh, really? <laughs> yes, <laughs> we forgot about that part. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Davos? Yeah. yeah, Davos. They signed me back. Yeah, well, either way, just so the folks, the listeners at home know, this little punk, this fat little 
Adam hockey player also played in the East Coast, just like me. So just just like me, he played in the East Coast. So you know what? He can <laughs> ride true. around on oh, a Swiss A. That. He can ride around on a Swiss A army knife. That's fine. Yeah, man, it's all cool. That. But yeah. you know what? I played in the coast too, and so did you. So it all matches up. <laughs> I, you know, I don't disagree with it. That was another great one. I went down there, Florida, and uh, I, I think I played one or two games. I'm not even sure. But what happened was uh, I got down there. Uh, John Looney. John Lunny. Lunny. Yeah, I know John Lunny. How do, yeah. So where was he? He was, he was with my hairdresser. Uh, you know, like uh, <laughs> shoveling dirt into a trailer just up the street from me. It was so random. And uh, my hairdresser, like, you know, he, he'll, he, I feel like he just tells everybody like uh, too much personal stuff about me or whatever. And um, he's telling the guy where I live and I don't know the guy in my life. I was yeah. like, ah. No, I know Lenny. He played for yeah. the Sugar Kings right after me. And he was like a real legend around the town. He's, yeah. uh, he, he's like I, a good guy. Yeah, he sounds like a good dude. Or I know him. He's a good dude. Um, yeah, but yeah. he he became a Sugar King legend after I was gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Well, I, again, the, the Sugar Kings were the team. I mean, I could imagine. Uh... I think he actually became a senior A legend around here too. Okay. Well, I would say, do you have anything else to say? Because to me personally, um, I haven't seen you, I think, other than that skate in car. Co- Conestoga College and then yeah. the Roller Rats, which was yeah. an interesting That's summer. Right. Like I, I haven't seen you, man. But like, man, when I heard it's, your it's name, just when, like we're an Adam. Yeah, it was crazy when I heard your name and like, it, it when I hear from 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 childhood friends, you know what I mean? Uh, from people that we grew up with, I, I, you know, we gotta. It feels awesome because it's it's such a memory and a feeling. You know, look, I can't believe how we've grown up and how things have changed. Um, it feels incredible. I think that's why this went so long is because we know too much to cover too much to cover. And and the other thing is it's so relatable. You know, I I could listen to your story too, and it would be uh, so many similarities and it feels great to be able to not have, like, I I know I'm explaining the stories, but you get exactly kind of, you went through the exact same thing with your family and our upbringings, trying to make it. And we're just a couple of kids from small towns that, that, you know, that we we're love- on that minor Adam AAA team that like, I was like, are. that guy is too short and fat. And he was, you were probably like, that guy is way too little. And like, then we, uh, yeah, it, it just like, and then I, I get to watch your career and what you did. And then I'm watching on the Spengler cup and I'm like, I know that guy. And it's yeah, like, we- it, it's just, it's like, there's not that many people in the world no. that are watching the Spengler cup in Canada that are yeah. like, I know that guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, we went to those same, you know, the Waterloo bubble. I think we played for the Armadillos. Oh, the bubble. Once. Oh, yeah. the Armadillos. Yeah, yeah. with Weidman. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know, and Weidman is, is uh, you know, he's my neighbor. So I, I still see him. Is that he, where you're living? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're neighbors. What? You and Weidman are? Is that he crazy? was on the podcast. I don't know what episode it was, but yeah. Uh, so. I guess I, I, I guess that's the honey hole in Waterloo, eh? I guess that's, that's the nice area town, oh, eh? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a nice area where we're at now. And I, I just waved to him the other day, but um, yeah, I, I see. Did him. he wave back? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, if he doesn't, <laughs> let me know, and I'll 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 send him. A well, message, I'm gonna tell okay? him. For sure that I was I was on the uh, the podcast, and I'm sure we'll have a couple laughs about it. But you know, he's another guy. You know, he was uh, 
to see to see people you know it's amazing to, to see us kind of uh grown up you know and yeah. we're still the same kids at heart hey, you know, we're still the armadillos at yeah. heart right that's right you can get that <laughs> tattoo or <laughs> well you guys just have bigger houses than me <laughs> you're in king carden now right yeah yeah right by where you come to the cottage right at point well, clark well i think i've seen your parents on their on their boat a little bit yeah no Before, I, yeah. I i i've heard of sightings of you up here I yeah. have heard of sightings of you and your brother. So tell your brother he needs to come on. And this has oh, been absolutely incredible, man. It. Yeah. Oh, man. This was so great. I'm so happy I, I got to hear from you and see you. I, you know, like you said, it's been so long. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped that you're doing well. I'm, I just love, I, you know, I could talk to you for a long time. So I, I hope we see each other in King Carden. It'll be great. You know, oh, dude. No, I like it. And, and like, isn't it fun to like recap your career and like get to talk about it? Like, who else wants to listen to us talk about our careers? Nobody does. You know, and but at least now I'm giving an outlet for people that actually want to listen to it. Like, yeah, it's out there, but like, yeah. we need to talk about this stuff. And I think it's yeah. good for us because we all do it and then it just ends. Right. That's and it. you don't even yeah. talk about it again. You know, uh, you're on a, you're on to something there. And I, I think it's something that you should, you should, you should, uh, yeah, you should talk more of in the future because it was a huge problem for me when, when things stopped. Your, your whole life changes and, and very few people uh, understand that. And, and, and I know everybody goes through different issues uh, in their life. And uh, this is one that I think is uh, it's difficult to explain. And I hear periodically about other uh, hockey players that have, that have struggled to kind of find their identity and find that transition. And um, I've been really fortunate and really lucky to have uh, a real – a strong support with uh, my family and um, through relationships that I've built. And I think that's really important because uh, now more than ever, you know, having that, you know, the mental health and uh, just being able to, to express yourself and talk about, and I think, I think naturally we're, we're we are reluctant to do it, you know, because it'll kind of fall on deaf ears a little bit. Uh, I, uh, you know, there's so many things I could say to that because we've been going for so long. And I think I am going to say it because like realistically <clears throat> these nights we do the podcast. I haven't talked to you uh, since we were whatever age and I get so excited to do this and my like not to sound ridiculous, but my mental health is like at its peak. Like I, am completely comfortable where I'm at Incredible. in life, yeah. like where I'm at with my kids, my job, and I'm doing this stuff for fun. And it's like, I'm happy. And there's so many people, especially with COVID is one thing, which I don't think I'm going to get into that, but like the, the hockey players that, that are done, I will get into it is, is like, it doesn't matter if you're in the second league in Germany. It doesn't matter if you're in the East coast. It doesn't matter if you're in the AHL, like as soon as it's like just done and like, you're not invited back to the party and you're not yeah. allowed to <clears throat> just keep playing hockey and you get paid for it. And then all of a sudden you're just at home and like, which is kind of confusing for me because I'm pretty sure you could play in Germany until you're like 76 because you have yeah. a German passport but yeah. like it's so hard man to make that decision to stop and then when everybody's playing and you're seeing guys that have good 
seasons or bad seasons you're watching it and you're like i'm out of it and then you watch an nhl game and you ha- you see the guys like going through canada and they're so jacked up to play a game and they're so jacked up like for all of it everything about it like that's why i'm doing this i'm back in the game i have a reason to talk to hockey guys again and i'm i'm into it and it's been great for me but I know how many people are struggling and yeah, you do a podcast and now you're at 31 episodes. Like there's a lot of after hour recording talk that you realize um, how much some people could be struggling. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly what you're doing. You're giving guys a chance to kind of, I very rarely to be honest with you, bring up hockey just because, you know, it, it's hard for me to talk about certain things. Only, you know, it, it, you can kind of relate where it's the stress is always there, the unknown. And, you know, you got a lot of performance, uh, anxiety and uh, just traveling and learning too. you know, so much. We, we've just developed so much. You know, we've, we've really grown up, as you can imagine, obviously. But, uh, yeah, you just really grow up and then uh, you come back home to your hometown and try to re re-engage into just normal society again and just you know lower your i don't know it's 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 hard to explain but no and and it's it's weird it is hard to explain and there's only certain people that are gonna really understand it because like you have the people with the uh what's the i guess it's the opinion of like well they made money so so they're happy now right like just because they made money doesn't make you happy like I never had my big payday in hockey I never played in some of the leagues you did but like just because you made millions of dollars does not mean you are happy day to day yeah I I think regardless of the the financial uh, part of it um, it's something you, happiness is something you got to work on consistently. Um, it, it, you know, it's a priority for people. And, uh, I find that things that are, are your priority in life or something that you always, um, have to put at the forefront and, uh, happiness isn't something that's guaranteed. That, that's for sure. It comes in a lot of different shapes for a lot of different people. And, uh, anybody who's, um, yeah, thinks that it just comes to you, uh, because of, uh, X or because of Y is, uh, is mistaken. It's something that I think a lot of people are, are cherishing, especially now. It's such at the forefront. It's a real, um, it's something that a lot of people I've talked to are, are, are real prevalent about their happiness, their, their family, the things that are, their, their, the things that are important to them are surfacing. And, yeah. um, you know, it, yeah, it, you know, it, we talked to it kind of ties in with hockey is, you know, we're looking back and say, geez, man, you had, you know, a 40 goal a year, or you did this or that, man, you must, be, you know, at the time you don't get the full, you're not seeing the full scope of it. You don't know that, you know, and you're when I look just back now, it. Yeah. yeah, right, right, exactly. And when I hear it now from, you know, you and I'm thinking, you know, yeah, you know, there were some good things for sure. You know, I mean, I enjoyed it. It was great. I, you know, we don't know when kids, you know, we're, 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 our parents are taking this, taking us to, uh, to the arena. We don't know what it's actually going to be like. And when we see it and live through it, and it's nice to think about it now and, and apply a lot of the things that we learned in, in, in your life today. Well, this is going to be the last part of the episode because this is going to be how we're going to end it. Yeah. It, 
that like you're talking about your hairdresser living down the road and seeing <laughs> different people. Yeah. Um, so um, because nobody knows when this was filmed and I've never left my house is that my old man yeah. and I had a competition. Yeah. We, we had had a couple drinks, but we decided to see who could give each other the best haircut because you have a hairdresser. You played in the Swiss A-League. I was in the second league in Germany. <laughs> and check out what this guy did to me. I look <laughs> like I'm really from Elmira. Like, <laughs> and it was a competition of who could give each other the best haircut. And <laughs> let me tell you, um, I won because it was a competition and I got competitive. But he yeah. went first. And I just don't think he really cared enough about me, right? Like, yeah. he really didn't care enough about my haircut. He didn't care enough about my wife because she has to look at me until a hairdresser is allowed to cut my hair now. Like, yeah. like I look like I'm from Elmira. And I'm trying to say that in the nicest way possible. Yeah. Um, he's a terrible haircutter. Yeah. Um, but I don't have a hairdresser because I was in the second league in Germany. But having guys on like you might make this podcast legit. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love hearing it, man. Right? I got some great compliments today. I'm flying high. That introduction. I'm gonna re-listen to that introduction uh, later. But uh, yeah. Oh, um, dude, dude, this we can do this again. I bet you we talk about these stories again. They'll come out a completely different way the next time. I believe it. I believe it. And yeah. this has been another episode of Two Ales and Hockey Tales. And Papa, you suck at cutting hair. I won. Some people clap on a one and three. Some people clap on a two and four. Some people don't join at all Cause they got no rhythm And that's alright Some people they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive them I'm like Scott